Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. All right. He just didn't want to be alone when he curses. <laughs> I don't want to be the only one. No, no. Okay. All right, let's get started here. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. Tonight, we have a special guest, Joshua Orchard. Hello. All right. So this is episode number 93, Joshua Orchard. So for, for our listeners that don't know who Joshua is, some might know. Um, if you're in the FT community, you'll, you'll know this name. If not, then you might not know who Joshua is. So let's uh, get to know him. Uh, so how long have you been in the hobby? Uh so that, that's that's a trick question. Um, <laughs> I, I started as a, I started as a kid. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've always been fascinated with aviation, and um, I would read you know the old Jane's encyclopedias in the library. I would read those on my lunchtime at school, at, like in middle school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I started in aviation doing that and studying the history, <clears throat> and then uh, eventually got into control line. And then had a very brief moment in uh, in remote control, and then I discovered girls, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> <laughs> and then got then got out of it. And uh, then I wanted to get back into the hobby, and so I started making uh, real flight models uh, for real flight, and and oh, awesome. th- that was that was a lot of fun. And then as I graduated from high school, I or sorry, oh, wow, that's before. before no, sorry, college. Okay. <laughs> I graduated from college and uh, finally got a job and um, got back into the hobby. So officially in the RC hobby full time, I would say uh, eight years, nine years about now. Wow. Okay. Nice. nice. Uh, do, do you only fly planes or do you also do other uh, aspects of flight like helicopters or multirotors? Uh, I have never had the chance to destroy a helicopter. Uh, (laughs) There's a really talented guy at our field um, in my club. His Mm -hmm. name is Marlon, and he just does some of the absolutely craziest stuff that I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's funny because we switch back and forth between, um, you know, what I do makes his brain hurt and what his – what he does makes my brain hurt. Right, right. And, but I do have, you know, the uh, the little Estes uh, quadcopters things that mm-hmm. you know I buzz around and annoy the cat. But other than that, I'm I'm pretty much a scale prop airplane guy. Okay. Uh, I've only ever had one EDF, so I I like my vintage aircraft. Nice, right, right. nice. What was the EDF? Uh, it was. Uh, one of those World War Two German jet things. Okay. It was. Uh, it was. Uh, shoot, I forget what it was. A salamander. I remember that's what it was. A salamander. Mm. I thought for sure you were gonna say FT Vegan. I no, was hoping that no, too. No, that's no. a great EDF. I I did make a Vegan, but I made it prop, um, mm-hmm. and and. It, it flew okay, but I didn't have the right motor on it, so it was kind of sluggish. Then I went overboard and put a big motor on it. <laughs> I barely got it back in one piece. It was torquing around the sky so much. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, let's see here. So what do you do for a living? Uh, 
Uh, I am a scientist. I work for really? a bio, uh, yeah, I work for a biopharmaceutical company. <laughs> this is always an interesting question. Uh, <laughs> to, suffice it to say, there are more astronauts in the world than people that do what I do for a living. Really? Really? Wow. Uh, I, I work with viruses, but I'm not a virologist. I'm a, a purification process scientist. It's it's a really very, very specific area of expertise. Wow. So, dude, when people get in your face, do you go, back off, man. I'm a scientist. <laughs> so, sometimes, but usually only when I have, like, you know, a logical explanation for whatever they're up okay. in my grill about. <laughs> I thought you were going to say only when you had like, you know, four beers and you, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. fun though. Um, you know, just being naturally inquisitive as I am, it's, mm -hmm. it's been able to, to translate over to my kids, you know, teaching my daughter when she was in preschool specifically and scientifically why the sky was blue and her be able to regurgitate that it, it gets pretty entertaining at times when people, you know, see our kids and, they say, oh, well, your dad's a scientist. Darn right I am. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's wild, dude. I had no idea. Yeah, no idea. That's awesome. Okay. So do you – are you sponsored? Do you have any sponsors? I am sponsored. Uh, I am uh, affectionately what I call a sponsored builder. I don't know of anybody else who's ever been a sponsored builder before. I'm sponsored by Hobby King. Nice. Oh, really? Yeah. No, very cool. Oh, that's awesome. So sponsored builders, so they just send you a whole bunch of stuff to build all the time? Uh, well, I am currently working on my, my second build through through Hobby King, the first one being the Bugatti that I'm sure we'll get to talk about. The, so okay. basically they just – they I outline a project that will promote their products and say I can do this and this, and mm -hmm. they say okay, and they send me stuff and go to town and make a mess. <laughs> awesome oh that's cool i was i thought maybe it would be like you're testing or building their stuff and giving your comments on it but it's more or less you buy parts from them and build stuff yeah build, yeah build yeah them. using um, their parts and your stuff. yeah using their parts yeah i sort of take my twist on certain things using using their parts um but i i would love to be like a beta builder for some of their stuff especially given my current project uh mm -hmm. they're they're They've they've come so far in such a short amount of time, and yeah. I see so much potential for them to grow and, and how they can help the hobby community in general. And that's really their goal, and and so that's why I'm happy to be sponsored by them. Nice, awesome. So this this is a this question is kind of loaded when uh, especially when you talk to folks that fly planes, but they seem to have a lot. But uh, what's in your fleet? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So maybe I should just get out my transmitter and read down the list. <laughs> well, let's, let's say this: What's in your fleet that you currently fly and like are are flying? You know, like um, <clears throat> okay. you know, have receivers in them and stuff. <laughs> okay, uh, that's still a pretty long list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a uh, top flight uh, giant scale P six E Hawk. Ooh, nice. Uh, Love that plane. Flies great. Flies better than my Goldberg Eagle II that I also fly uh, quite a bit. It's fun for just dorking around the sky and dropping 3D printed bombs and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I have uh, a discus launch glider 
that uh, our club build did a couple years ago as more or less a custom build job. Um, and then I have a Hobby King DLG that was a horrible DLG from several years ago that I hacked off the nose and made it a powered glider. And that's fun for searching for thermals. Um, I also have a SE5A that I haven't flown in a while, but yeah, it still has a receiver in it, so check mark there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, uh, that SE5A is one six scale, completely built from dollar store foam board, complete with rib stitching and panel stitching, full body. Uh, wow, pilot you hear that, Kevin? Uh-huh. Interior. Uh-huh. Oh, dude, that? that's all, awesome! All man. the guns, the sight, everything. I mean, it's it's fully loaded scale. It's just it, I had a fun time building that plane. That's like one yeah, of my dude. favorite planes, man. Did you yeah, ever you bring that to, to Kevin. Ohio? Yeah, I brought it the very first year, and I was actually talking with you last year about your SC5A. Okay, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that was that was the plane I brought in uh, 2014 to flight test, and everybody kept on asking me about it, how I built it, because it, you know, it's all, all dollar store foam. But, you know, back then, taking the paper off was this carnal sin, and I just had to tell you, you, know, you peel the paper off. It's such a more versatile piece of foam. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah mind blown. Paper off? <laughs> yeah. That's funny because I don't remember that at all. I was there Friday. I think I left Friday and I did like the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't remember yeah. seeing that at all. Yeah, I was there the whole time. Um, I was down but, towards the left. I was like all the way down towards the left with uh, the, the helicopter guys and the, the 3D guys. Oh yeah, I didn't That's venture up too why. much. <laughs> yeah, I was I was uh, to the right of the Fury home, uh, pretty much in the center of the field. But uh, Saturday and Saturday evening and Sunday was when I was building that giant FT flyer. So I, I wasn't around at all. Okay. I was in the hangar building that monstrosity thing. Right, right. I remember that. So other airplanes in my fleet that I have uh, that I fly. Oh, I have a, a Kyosho Pitts S2C biplane. That's Wait, Kyosho makes around. planes? Yeah, they used to. <laughs> I know they, make, they used to make helicopters and they and they make cars, but wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a fun one. Um, this this is it was like a donor. So a guy in my club had it. And he couldn't get it to fly. And another guy had it, and he couldn't get it to fly. And then he gave it to another guy in the club, and he didn't bother trying to get it to fly because he was too scared that it would crash it. So he gave, it sat in a shed for a couple of years in, at our f- flying field. Mm-hmm. And then he finally just said, hey, Josh, see if you can make this fly. And I said, okay. Put a motor in it. The servos that were in it still worked. Put a receiver mm-hmm. in it. Check the CG. The CG and the instructions was completely wrong, and it flies great now. Nice. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Other than that, what else? Oh, I have, of course, the Bugatti. Right. Yep. Um, which I have, plane. I have only flown twice now. It terrifies me. <laughs> now that I saw, um, I, I remember at uh, Fly Fest when you coming for a landing, you almost tipped all that thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I also have a Cuda. That I put together. Um, nice have lanes, planes. Yeah, buddy. I got the uh, thirty-six inch, thirty-four inch, whatever the big size. The bigger one. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's been a lot of fun. It makes a whole lot of noise. So that's what uh, I love nice. about it. It screams. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's really funny because uh, a, a bunch of the other guys at my club they fly these big gassers, and I'm like, okay, let's see whose plane's louder now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, other than that, uh, not a whole lot else. Um, now Josh, do you, do you build everything you fly or do you buy stuff off the, like from horizon or whatever? Pretty much everything I have, I build myself. Um, uh-huh. I, I just love building. Uh, it, it's very therapeutic for me. I love digging into the details I love scratch building because uh, I get to look at the math and the aerodynamic design and do some get troubleshooting. <laughs> yeah, well, it's 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 not just that, you know. It's it's being practical about it too. Being mm-hmm. able to to uh, use a part of your brain that is analytical, but at the same time artistic. So it's like I'm using both sides of my brain at the same time. Right. It's pretty fun. Nice. Uh, and I th- I'm sure I've left something out, but that's what I've been flying lately pretty much. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Uh, so what kind of pilot would you describe yourself as? Um, I always say that I am a fair pilot. Um, I don't I, – when I go up in the sky, I'm usually flying the pattern. I don't try to do anything crazy other than, you know – an Immelman or a loop or mm-hmm. and maybe a knife edge if I know the airplane can do it. I just enjoy mm-hmm. watching the airplane fly. Okay. Where I really where I really shine is on maidens. I'm really good at maidening an airplane. <laughs> nice. I, I build so I build so much that um, <laughs> you know I'm I'm just used to reacting to an airplane when it goes up for the first time. Right. So I think last year I had uh, seven or eight maidens. Wow. So it was a busy year last year. (laughs) You mean just at Flight Fest? (laughs) Yeah. Or no, just just last year, 2016. 2016, I I built so many airplanes. I mean, Uh, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. You don't really hear people say that that much. They enjoy maidening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's fun, it's interesting. I enjoy the adrenaline rush. Um I'm yeah. I'm not one of those people that wants to go skydiving or or have a motorcycle. Um but there is this certain thrill of you've checked the math, you've built it with your own hands and now is the time to say, okay, did I do it right? Yeah, will and, it fly? <laughs> yeah, will it fly? Uh, last question we got here. It's actually a two-part question. Um uh, for someone new in the hobby, what would you tell them him or her to do or not to do kind of getting started like what are your tips on you know the do's and nots that's a great question and i got i got asked that a couple of times at flight fest this year and the to do uh i always told them if you're gonna start scratch building always take one build and perfect one technique and then mm-hmm. at the next build take that one technique that you've learned and use it, but perfect another technique. Right. After you've built half a dozen or so airplanes, you've got a whole arsenal of things under your belt that you can really start making something that's a flying work of art. Nice. Uh, it's it's the way that I taught myself. It works. It it has taught me extremely fast um, in terms of you know if you want to learn fiberglassing, take an airplane, uh-huh. learn how to fiberglass. Doesn't matter what shape it is because fiberglass mm-hmm. goes on the same on every single airplane. Yep. You want to learn how to hot wire cut, take a basic airframe that you know how to fiberglass already, learn how to hot wire a wing. 
And mm-hmm. once you learn how to hotwire that wing, you pretty much know how to hotwire anything else. And then fiberglass it. <laughs> yeah, and then fiberglass and then it exactly. And yep. you know, and you can incorporate carbon fiber as well if you want to expand your your epoxy work. Yeah. Uh, it, it, mm-hmm. And and every time that I build something, that's pretty much what I'm doing. Even today, I find some new technique or something new I want to try, and that's what I do. I, I just I go for it and say, okay, well, how am I going to do this? And I figure it out, and that's fun. Nice. Uh, uh, what not to do? Um, I, I really don't. I really don't know what to tell someone not to do. Don't don't be afraid to crash, because mm-hmm. e- everybody crashes. I mean, everybody, everybody crashes. Uh, if they say they don't crash, they're lying. Um, you know, something happens, you know, whether it's uh, some component fails or dumb thumbs or, you know, whatever. My, my club president always says, you know, when flying inverted, down is up and up is expensive. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you can't look at this hobby in terms of dollar signs. It's, it's, you're there to have fun. If you crash. Yes. If you laugh at it, I think that's that's a good sign of a of a healthy attitude, and you're like, okay, well, let's fix it, and yep. and then and then you get to have even more funds going back to the field and say, yeah, see that fuselage that used to be in 800 pieces. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. No, that's great. Um, you know, Kevin and I we were we're getting heavy in the helicopter side, and and we you know it's. It's like we can't cry over helicopters going because it, they will yeah. go in. <laughs> something yeah. will, you know, dumb thumb, sun in your eyes, something will make it yeah. where that helicopter goes in. And it's like, you know, if you cry about it, it's, you know, <laughs> you're approaching it, like you said, with the wrong attitude where it's like, then you're not having fun and, you know, it's not good. But, exactly. Uh, yeah, we always, exactly. we always have a good laugh and, <laughs> And like amazement, like oh, I can't believe that thing went in like that, and then all the pieces are bangled, yeah. and it's a ball. It's yeah. like wow. <laughs> then I had to scramble for a trash bag. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes it happens so fast, you know, especially yeah. with the helicopters. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. my god, what happened? And you're like, you're like what? I don't know. Um, and I'm I'm classically known for hitting uh, help and then throttle hold like within two seconds or within a second or half a second right right it's rescue. followed by hitting throttle the ground hold. yeah <laughs> rescue throttle hold yeah mm-hmm. uh who wants to go first on how your week's been uh, i don't care all right you want to go sure yeah um i got my first order as an official uh links oxy field rep nice uh, from yeah from links mm-hmm. and uh I fixed the 255, and I had that flying on Saturday, and I have most of my parts for the 285. Wait, 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 wait. The 255, the one you flew this weekend, yeah. this past weekend, you fixed it? Yeah, that was broken. I fixed it before I flew it this weekend. Oh. It sounded it really broken. weird. <laughs> it sounded really weird. No, it was broken. I had to get parts for it, so I got my first part, you know, order <laughs> okay. in. Okay. From me trying to do auto rotation with a 255 up in New York. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, so when we got together, flew on Saturday, and I flew that in the 690 and the 700 Nitro. I was having a little trouble with the 700 again. Uh, 
But I, I just got to take a look at that. I, got, I think the the clutch is starting to come up out of that motor a little bit, and I, I just got to look at it. It's like I don't really have a ton of time during the week, so I got to yeah. take a look at these things. But I also um, brought my um, – oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say with that, um, you should come over one day with the motor and the clutch and the fan um, because I have a, I have the um, the crank case block or whatever. So you oh, can okay. put it in the back and really crank down that nut and make sure that it doesn't come off. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. Continue. Yeah. So I brought mm-hmm. the FT arrow out, my FPV arrow, and I got yep. a flight in on that. And uh, that was pretty hysterical. Because I, I got those big monster Hobby King, um, you know, FPV goggles that fit over my glasses. And they were great. There's no problem with those except... Um, I had, and I had a good flight until I went to take him back off. And it was funny because <laughs> I was standing there with Devin and, yep. um, I was like, I guess I thought I was a lot higher than I was. So yeah. I, I took, I pulled the goggles off and I put them on the chair that I was like, I, I leaned over a little bit to put them on the chair that was right next to me. And I guess I pulled back on the elevator and gave it right aileron and it just went <laughs> like flipped right over and <laughs> drove itself right into the ground. So oh, then, boy. so then I look up and I go, Devin, where is it? And he's like, what do you mean? Where is it? And I'm like, dude, where is it? Where's my plane? You were supposed to watch it. And he's like, yeah, I watched it. I watched it go right into the ground. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, what? And he's, and he's laughing his ass off. And I'm like, oh man. That's hilarious. You're like, doo, 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 let me take these goggles off. Doo, doo, yeah. doo, doo, doo. Where's I mean, my plane? <laughs> it happened in a split second. I thought I was like yeah. 100 feet up above the ground. And he was like, you're, right. only, you're only like 20 feet above the ground. He goes, you, you leaned over <laughs> and you drove it right in. So, are you are you one of those people that when you make a left hand turn driving, you lean to the left too? <laughs> no. Okay. No, I hate that. I had to make sure. I actually can't stand that. I think that's so. That's like when you when you're working on something and your tongue comes out of your mouth. I hate that too. I don't know. I don't know why. It's just uh, I have a lot of problems, a lot of pet peeves. <laughs> but so that thing did the classic tear right down the middle. And yeah. it was just busted. But, you know, I would have that thing like a year or two or whenever they put it out. But, yeah. uh, so, Not I mean, if it, whatever. <laughs> it's, that's the great it's, thing it's about it. It's an FT arrow. You can build yeah. another one in I like mean, yeah. a couple hours. Yeah. For a dollar. Probably like yeah, a one a sheet of foam. Mm hmm. And, and scraps or whatever. But, yeah. uh, yeah. And I, and I, I flew the, um, the Vigan again. My, my Vigan, Josh, is, uh, 6S. Yeah, I've heard about your Vigan. It's uh, <laughs> I bet that's uh, got some pretty good pucker factor going on. It's it's pretty awesome, man. I really like flying that thing. It's so cool to like pull that elevator back and just give it full throttle and watch that thing just go straight up into the air. And I like, I was going up for a while this weekend, and to yeah. the point where it was pretty freaking small. And I was like, it was a dot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and then I would just. Then I just kill the throttle, let it like roll over and just come straight back down. And, and listen to this, Josh. Uh, that 6S Vigan has a 4100 milliamp 6S pack. The thing is huge. It's like a brick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's heavy. It's such a big battery. It's, it's insane. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine it flying with that battery and yet it flies so fast with it. It's great. Yeah, I I, re- I remember at Flight Fest this year, I, I hand launched uh, Ben Harbor's really angry bee, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah okay. 6SB. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was on 6S, and it had clipped wings. So it's this tiny, tiny, it was more like a rocket with stabilizers. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I can imagine what a flying brick of a Vigan that is. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. I, I'm, I'm so glad that, uh, I, A, I put a spar in it, and B, oh, you, on the... I need to put another one, too, yeah. by the way. Oh, that's right, because uh, you guys are such a bad influence. <laughs> so that 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 is like a stock vegan. There is no airfoil on the wing at all. Right. Nope. Flat wow. legs. Wow. Tape, tape on it and a carbon spar. <laughs> yeah, I did the colored packing tape on it, and I did some. I did reinforce the vertical stabilizer only yeah. because that rudder sometimes gets. You know, it's not a rudder, but still just gets banged around. So I yeah. put I put popsicle sticks on either side of it, and I. And I just taped not over popsicle it. Sticks, barbecue I'm not skewers. popsicle sticks. Yeah, barbecue skewers. Barbecue skewers. Mm-hmm. And taped over it. And yeah, it's been it's been really cool. I I'm enjoying it. That's I, I think it's fun. good that you did that because it, it makes a rounded edge. It's not a a square cut anymore. You know. Yeah. It's a little more aerodynamic. So. I think the next thing I have to do is just take some strips of tape and go over the from the outside to the inside of the of the intake the ducts because I can mm. see paper starting to peel back a little bit there um, success will do on, that on on the inside of the duck yeah oh boy it's 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 getting so much air it's doing <laughs> the paperback wow <laughs> I'm, yeah i'm I'm surprised with, with a fan that can use success you don't have any cheater holes for that what are cheater I, would, holes? I would I, I would think you'd need some cheaters so you don't know what cheater holes are i don't uh-huh. know where they are Okay, so cheater holes are something that they put on EDF sometimes. So it's like they're holes in the fuselage so that the fan can suck more air. Oh. Because because you can you run into like when you scale down, you know, the air doesn't scale. Right, but, right. Uh, but but the frontal area of the of the airplane that is is bringing in air, the area is not the same as the fan area that you have. I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if that's a problem on on the FT Vigan or not, but yeah, I I would think that on 6s and all that current and how fast that fan blade is spinning, that I don't know. I mean, if you've got unlimited verticals, hey man, don't mess with a good thing. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but but still, like, uh, so I see yeah, what you, you mean, like adding extra ducts on the side of the fuselage. Yeah, know, I mean, the, to, they're usually just, just like, airflow. Yeah, they look like gills on a shark or something. Usually, uh, that, okay, that just let in more air so that the uh, the fan can have more air to to suck in and blow out the back. Hmm. Nice. Hmm. This coming from the guy who doesn't fly EDS. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, what else you got, Kevin? Well, what else? Was I, I was going to say that uh, the coolest thing about that plane so far, and I've only flown it in the one location that we've been at up in Warwick, is uh-huh. the the echoing. Like it's so loud yeah. that the echoes off the mountains. It that is crazy, man. It's so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But That's neat. and uh, and I got and I let Rob fly it. McToon yeah. and uh, yeah, we got to build one. He's gonna. He build loves one. it. Yeah, he wants to build one. <laughs> I think everyone who's flown a Vigan has liked it. Like as far as like, I mean, you know, our friends that are like mainly helicopter, like Rybert, you know, he, yeah. he flew a couple of jets, like you know, foam, foam arfs, you know, and and then he tried a Vigan and he was like, dude, this is awesome. 
Yeah. Um, you it's know, such and a Rob, great design. It really so is. I, I just love that it could fly slow or it could fly as fast as you can, you know, make it go. Yeah. And it handles both spectrums of that side, you know? Yeah. At one point, I was, I had the, the throttle i had the elevator almost i think i had the elevator full back or almost full back and i had the throttle i was taking my hand off the throttle and it was dancing it was like <laughs> it was moving from one side it was like maybe i don't know like a it was doing a triangle but like in a 10 point or, or a 10 foot like triangle around it was weird it would it would move and then right itself and then move and then right itself it was so weird and i was just i literally had my hand off the throttle i was like steve check this out <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and it was like awesome. dancing around. It was crazy. Uh-huh. Uh, I was just gonna say, did you did you see the uh, X twenty nine episode from Flight Test this week? I did. No. Yeah, I, I was I was actually thinking. I wonder if I wonder if he's gonna do that to the X twenty nine too. Because <laughs> I X- I can see I can see you making that X twenty nine just go completely ballistic. Yeah, I gotta I gotta make one of those. It's the it's the Experimental NASA plane with the mm-hmm. forward swept wings. Steve, you've probably seen it. If Yep, yep. Yeah, so Flight Test made two versions, a, a prop version and an EDF version. So that'll be cool. That'll be something to try. And I think 70 mil. Yeah, I think he made it for 64 and 70 mil. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'll definitely give that a try, man. Because, you know, the, the, the Grace and Hobbies uh, original EDF combo kit that they had with the ESC was pretty reasonable. It was only like 60 bucks, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it was. So I'm, I'm going to definitely give that a try. But, uh, getting back to Saturday, dude, I, I, it was really super hot. We didn't bring any easy ups because we thought it was going to be overcast. Um, uh-huh. I just wanted to mention that. And then I don't know if that had something to do with my 690 having some issues, but Devin was flying it and, uh, he was banging it, man. He was banging that thing all over the place. It was and- all the overspeed. <laughs> it was only over speeds, and he flipped the belt over in the uh, the main belt that drives the tail rotor. Yeah, I, I kind of flipped it back and and did some work on it, and I wound up tightening the belt up a lot. But it doesn't seem like it did before. I think I'm gonna wind up having to take that apart and just checking those rollers that are in the frame. I want to make sure those aren't rubbing against something because something's not right. It it definitely doesn't auto like it did you know it's definitely not freewheeling like it like it did so i gotta look Mm. at that and i worked on my nitro box i got my little trickle charger in so now i got a 12 volt you know 7.2 amp hour battery in that i got my little custom switch set up and so the 12 volt batteries for the pump and for a couple other things and Uh maybe charging my phone and then i got my trickle charger built in so it's all in my little nitro box so i worked on that today awesome so that's it for me Jeez, yeah. <laughs> that's the longest I've ever gone. All right, what yeah. have you guys been up to? Oh yeah, so I flew on Saturday with you, right? With you, Rob, and Devin. Yeah. Um, started working on more of my auto rotation approaches, trying to yeah. figure out why I can't spot a landing or, or an auto rotation landing. I'm always like way far out, you know, from me. Um. And I, I kind of know why, because helicopters are, you know, they're they're big whirly blades of death. And, you know, I love flying them, but when I land, I don't want to land them two feet in front of me. I want to land them, you know, 10 feet in front of me. So so I, I, I do like, 
I do notice when I make my approaches for auto rotation, even though I'm not under power, that um, I push the helis away from me often. Do you think it has anything to do with the you crashing the other one, or you want to take it easy, or no, no, because this one I don't care if I crash. You know, I'll just That's slam true. it. I don't, you know, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the crashing. It's just, you know, it's it's not a small heli. It's still a 600 size, and seeing that thing coming towards you, and and for me, like. At the field, it felt like, oh, it's freaking right on top of me, so I got to keep pushing it away from me. You know, I got to land away from me. So yeah. um, it's something I just got to get the perspective and get used to that because uh, when you auto-rotate, it's not like how we fly where we can just hover in front of us, you know, at a safe, at a good distance. And then and then even if it's close, we, we've already stopped movement. It's just hovering. And then we can, you know, hit throttle hold and come down. It's one one movement it's coming from two three hundred feet into until you land in front of you so there's no that like stall you know where yeah. you can your mind can be like okay yeah it's five feet in front of you but it's stopped it's you know so it's not scary anymore like it's 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 very you know relaxing just hovering so it's kind of i think it's a mind thing for me i just have to kind of get over and, and just keep working on it flew the black thunder pulled in like nine minute flight times <laughs> Yeah. So much that I, I have four batteries. I only flew two because it's just I don't know. I'm flying double, if not triple, my normal flight times on that heli now, oh, uh, wow. running the low head speed. So, so that's fun. Um, you know, and I really like it. I'm I'm really I'm starting to do more and more maneuvers, um, more orientation practice and stuff. Kind of just getting used to the heli and, and slowing things down a little, which you know, is helping me. You're cracking me up because Rob says. When I first met you guys, you were you were as much head speed as you could possibly have, and look at you. Now both of you are like low head speed <laughs> freaks, and I'm like, yeah. I used to call. I told him. I said I used to call Steve Johnny full throttle because when he yeah, flew yeah, planes, yeah. that's all he did. <laughs> that's what I did. I <laughs> I mean, I I could put the throttle on an airplane. I I don't mind putting the throttle on a, a switch. <laughs> Just yeah. go full throttle, you know. <laughs> Especially with like like a, like uh, the kunai. Oh. That's the I was just full throttle screaming just down the down the flight line and you know that's I loved it. Same thing with yeah. the Vigan, you know. Actually, the Vigan I started slowing down too a lot when last couple times I flown my my last Vigan before it went in. Um, you know, just harrying it because I feel like that's fun too. Just yeah. getting that throttle management and you know making that thing just kind of sloping that high alpha. So, um, but yeah, I worked on my. My Oxy three, okay. I don't know. I well, the last time we flew it, you know, we were at Warwick, and like I just, it just like as soon as I took off, like five seconds later, like I spun the tail, I sheared some bolts off, and I, I noticed that you know some of these bolts came out, and I'm like, okay, I took the uh, speed fuselage off for now, at least the tail part, and I fixed the whole tail piece. Everything looks good. I actually went back to a two bladed tail because I ran out of three bladed um, tail blades. <laughs> Because I broke so many sets, I don't have them anymore. So, um, so I went back to two blade tail. But with that, I installed a new motor in there, and I installed uh, it's a twenty six eleven, I think. Nitro it's a small motor. motor. No, no, it's a, it's, a, it's brushless. <laughs> it's a it's a Lynx motor. Um, I think it's a twenty six eleven. I want to say or twenty six. Ah, I forgot the number, but it's a. 2500 kv 6s motor oh god so my little 300 size heli is now 6s 
Oh my god, and dude. Running the eleven tooth pinion, which is what I ran on the the forty one hundred, you know, four S setup. Um I spooled it up and I was like, well, let's see what the the highest head speed could be. <laughs> so it, it, the Neo actually tops out. The Flybrawless controller tops out the Gov at 4,800. <laughs> um, I was going to say 5,000. <laughs> I'm curious to see what my... Because if that's on 4,800, I think my Comet is also 4,800. My my uh, Goblin Mini Comet. Right. Because that's, that's really the main purpose of this uh, upgrade to success. Is I want to take my uh, Mini Comet, which is designed for speed and then i want to take my oxy which is not really designed for speed but why not so i'm gonna see and i'm gonna put a gps module on both and do some you know speed runs Um, i know that i know with the win that day i hit 98 miles per hour on the uh on the mini comet so that's a pretty high number for a little 300 size heli to uh to beat but i'm gonna see maybe this weekend um Oh, actually, no, we'll talk about this weekend, but yeah. Uh, besides that, let's see. Have I done anything else? I've been flying the crap out of... Oh, so I bought a new heli. Did I mention that last week? I don't think so. Okay. I don't even think well, I, I know. A, yeah, I bought a new heli. No, you know. I sent you a picture. I sent you guys oh. a picture. Oh, yeah. come on. I don't know if, if that's a, <laughs> you could consider that. Listen you to know? me. Listen to me, dude. It's only been a year. I know, right? Look at like snob. Look at this. So blade helicopters aren't real helis anymore. Is that no, what you're saying? No, no, they're just the size of it. I was gonna say if that's if you can actually <laughs> swallow the helicopter, I don't think that What what because I fly spectrum with it, it's not a real helicopter? <laughs> no, no, no. I kid. Um so yeah, I got a I got the smallest helicopter I could buy <laughs> so that I could fly it in my backyard. I have a small backyard, maybe like 25 feet by 25 feet like it's it's not big at all maybe 30 by 30 but um yeah so i bought a blade nano cps and it's a little it's a little little heli and it sucks it's a terrible heli (laughs) and it sucks (laughs) (laughs) it's you know if if it wasn't for for me needing a, a helicopter this size to fly in an area of my backyard i wouldn't i would like immediately sell it but you know what? I'm actually having a good time flying this really crappy heli. Why didn't uh, you just buy a chainsaw instead? Well, why buy it when I could just borrow Rob's? Uh, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, no, you, you got to look at my backyard now. We we chopped some some branches and stuff down. It's I'm building a fire pit in the middle of the backyard, so that's gonna be fun flying a helicopter oh, over geez. a fire pit. So I bought this little heli for the one purpose of flying my backyard and. I've been flying, a. I have four batteries for it, or five batteries, sorry, five batteries for it. Um, I got it all for 100 bucks with the five, four extra batteries. I've been flying the crap out of it. Every day I do five flights, which is good because, you know, um, it's stick time regardless of how crappy the helicopter is. Um, but one thing it's been helping me with is orientation. I just go inverted and the tail slowly drifts on its own. It just likes to do whatever it wants to do. And I'm just trying to hover it as it's drifting around. So I'm starting to do tail end hovers. I'm, you know, I'm learning once it's tail end, which is the inverted tail end is my worst orientation. Yeah. And that, you know, when it goes to that, I'm figuring out which way I could bail out, which way I could roll out of it, um, you know, to try to like not crash. 
So, so it's kind of been cool. Um, I'm able to do funnels with it. You know, I actually went to the soccer field the other day. Um, I brought it out with me, and then I was like, "Oh, there's a soccer field. Let me fly it there." And with more space, I can I can do pure flips with that thing. I can flip it around, move the tail everywhere. Um, it does not have tail authority as I would like. I'm used to, you know, even with the Oxy Two, which is a 200 size helicopter. Yeah, I'll bet, uh, dude. That thing has tail authority. It'll hold the tail in any maneuver I do. This one, I start doing a hard funnel, and the tail starts to be like, I can't hold it. <laughs> I can't. Now, is this um, is this a uh, belt-driven tail, or is it a motor on it? Is it torque tube? No, it's motor-driven. So, so it's a brushed system, brushed main rotor, um, you know, main motor and brushed uh, tail rotor. Um, so it's it's crap. It really is. It's. <laughs> You know, uh, for someone new, I would not recommend this heli at all because it doesn't fly very consistent, doesn't fly right. But I think for someone in my level being kind of a, you know, I'm not a novice anymore. I'd say more intermediate that like all the weird things that are happening with the, the heli, I can I, I try to correct them, which teaches me, oh, did I correct the right way or did I correct the wrong way? You know, so it kind right. of teaches me to. To fly through the crappiness, um, you know, which which helps me learn like um, instant like corrections, instant um, reactions, you know, instead of like, oh, it's a upside down, it's nose in, left is right, right is, you know, like I don't have to think about it because if, and I literally crashed this thing, I like hard under power, probably about about seventy times already since I've gotten <laughs> it three days ago, and you know what? I broke one arm on the landing skids, but I, I still fly. It still flies fine. Still the, the blades that came with it. I didn't replace it with the spares or anything. Um, so that's one thing I do like about it too, the durability. I can really smack it into the ground, into my garage, into my house, into the floor, and pick it up and just take off again and fly again. So Cool. So, so I guess there's some merit to that. Oh, sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's pretty much it for my week. Uh, how about you, Joshua? Uh, well, I've I've been doing a lot of 3D printing lately. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to get into that later for sure. <laughs> uh, I've been uh, working on a design for a droppable German-style World War II-era bomb. So I had that out to the field Saturday morning to do some test drops and uh looks like it's uh on track and uh so you flew the cuda flew the glider flew the pits uh yeah just having fun at the field this weekend but yeah mostly playing around with the 3d printer having fun with that um and getting back to my to my other sponsored build, my Spacewalker. So that's pretty much all I've been up to. Nice. Cool. All right. So let's move into the main topic. Main topic. Josh, let's talk let's talk about your scratch building because I know you, you do you did say that you focus a lot on the scratch building. I mean, did you recently start scratch building or were you scratch building since, you know, eight years ago? I've been scratch building since I was a little kid. Um, really? Okay. Yeah, I, I grew up in a really large family. I've got ten brothers and sisters. Oh my god! Holy cow! <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I, we we didn't have any money growing up, and I I loved airplanes and anything that flew. 
And I would, I would, you know, rummage through the sofa and look for pennies out on the sidewalk. Everything that I had, I would save and I would go to the hobby store and just buy, you know, balsa sticks. And, and I remember seeing in a magazine once, uh, an ultralight that had floats on it. And I thought, Oh, maybe, maybe I could make something that looks like those floats. So I, I sat down and, you know, with, uh, you know, pins from like sewing pins that my mom mm-hmm. had for from sewing stuff. Uh, I would tap it down onto to some cardboard and you know bend these sticks around to sort of make this rough shape. And then I would wrap it with you know, plastic wrap from the kitchen. And so, oh, so I've always been trying wow. to be as inventive as possible and mm-hmm. and just have fun with the hobby. But uh, I just found that I really enjoyed uh, the detail work. So sitting down and and taking a, an aircraft that you built and putting thousands of rivets, panel lines, uh, pilot details, instrument panels, um, access panels, stitching, you name it. I love putting those little details on it so that when you look at it, you say, wow, that's really fantastic. And then you look at it five minutes later and you see something different. And then you look at it five minutes after that and you see even something more different. So, so it's, it's, it's not just, you know, you stop by and you look at this aircraft just one point at one time. You can look at it over and over and over and see something new that's just fun to look at. And then it flies too. And that's just the added bonus. Right, right. Wow. So, so on the average when you're, I mean, I guess it depends on the, the model you're scratch building, but. Um, just a rough average, like how long does it take you to kind of from conception to, you know, maiden? Um, yeah, like you said, it depends on the model. Um, mm-hmm. uh, see, 2015 was the year at Flight Fest that I built the Sikorsky S39 seaplane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I built that over the duration of the event. Didn't bring a single airplane to fly. just parked it in a tent, and I was a glutton for punishment. And <laughs> <laughs> that was absolutely nothing to flying in uh, 51 hours. And then wow. I spent like another 40 hours doing all the fiberglass and finish work on that mm-hmm. airplane. So under 100 hours, but um, that's... That seems to be about average, maybe maybe 100 to 150 hours okay. is about average for me. Um, that's, that's, that's if I'm doing something composite building. Uh, the Bugatti is a very different story. That, that was 300 hours, um, but it's wow. an extremely difficult airplane to model. I, it, it, I will never build another one ever again <laughs> <laughs> i mean i say that now but you know who knows when i'm 50 i may do it i'll you know? build maybe, another maybe. one so that way hobby king can <laughs> and then, you know have hobby king make reproduce it for you <laughs> well there, there's a couple of problems that <laughs> that i'll address about the about the bugatti but i right. mean it, it there, there's so many different aspects to that airplane that just required such engineering thought that I, I just didn't anticipate going into it. And don't get me wrong, I had a whole lot of fun with it. Sure, but yeah. um I felt like I just I couldn't I, I couldn't go in it halfway. Everything had to be done to the max on that airplane. I just felt like that subject deserved that kind of attention. Right. 
Now, for people that don't know, the Bugatti, that's not an actual plane, right? That was a concept, or do I have that wrong? It's a uh, plane, isn't it? It, it's a it's a plane. It was never finished. It was intended okay. to it was intended to fly in the fall of 1939, but because of the tension because of Germany, uh, mm-hmm. a Tuari Bugatti being in France had the airplane disassembled and put in his barn on his estate so that the Germans wouldn't find the airplane and steal technology and yada yada. Right, okay. right. So then it wasn't for you know. Many, many years later that it was discovered and they tried putting it back together and then it was later sold off and then restored and then it was uh, donated or sold to the EAA museum and they did their own restoration. So it's gone through so many hands and and it's hard to – and I've been in contact with the representatives at the EAA that there are certain parts of the airplane that they can't tell necessarily what's original and what's not. And it's understandable because the airplane was never even finished. Right. So, hmm. it's crazy. Now, who built the the mini Bugatti for Flight Fest? That year? was that was Ben Harbor. Ben, um, okay, yeah, he's an absolutely fantastic guy. He's uh, he's NASA, right? Uh, no, 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 Boeing, Boeing, Boeing. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, I mean, he told he what was that joke he said, Kevin? Remember the the, the one thing about working for Bo- Boeing is how many times he writes boring. <laughs> Yeah. By typos, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, spell check corrects it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, I got to go to this boring meeting. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. yeah he uh, he did the uh, the baby Bugatti as a, like a challenge to himself to make a $1 sheet of foam. Um, but he was he wanted to motivate me because I was at a really low spot in the build. I was just feeling overwhelmed and I had all of these challenges, mostly the landing gear at the time. But he was like, here's a fun distraction. And it, and it came to me uh, right as I was getting to work at five o'clock in the morning. And I read the email and I just, I, I was dumbstruck. I didn't know what to say. I was so touched that he found inspiration through what I was doing to take the initiative on his own to make something flight test style but still i mean it's just i've 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 built two of them now and they're such fun little airplanes to fly twitchy as all get out but they're super fun now what issues did you have with the landing gear i i remember when you did the maiden that it almost didn't come down uh well flight test was not the maiden uh, or sorry flight fest was not the maiden the maiden i did at my home field before I finished it. Now, Flight Fest was the first time I had flown it with everything finished, all the details, everything. Okay. Um, so the issue with the landing gear is um, geometry. Yeah. <laughs> it's is. just it's so just make a nose. <laughs> the nose like to come down. It looks yes. Like, the, look at the, the plane. Cent- the center mm-hmm. of gravity is one and a half centimeters behind the wheel axle line. Okay. And I thought yeah. maybe I could be Jeez. clever enough to try to fit the retract in the very leading edge of the wing in a scale location and uh, try to incorporate some forward rake. But by mm-hmm. doing the forward rake, it incorporated some geometry when it retracted into the wing that it wouldn't fit inside the wing fillet. Right. 
the wing fillet would have been far too bulbous and would have looked horrible on the airplane. Mm-hmm. So I abandoned that idea and tried to relocate the gear. And then I realized that the landing gear that I was using weren't robust enough. And so then I went to another set of landing. So I basically it turns out I had three different iterations of the landing gear before I, before I finished. Wow. Um, okay. And then the, the, you mentioned the problem I had at flight fest. So the, <laughs> the problem there was rain. Oh. <laughs> we had so much rain. Mm-hmm. The landing gear uh, uh, is aluminum, but the wheel wells are lined in balsa. And because of all the humidity that was there, the balsa swelled up. Oh, swelled, yeah. And it, it, I was fiddling with the gear for about half an hour in the pits, and I was like using graphite powder and sanding it back and just trying to get, keep that wheel from sticking and Eventually, it wasn't sticking. I was like, okay, well, whatever. I'm going to fly it. If it crashes, at least it'll be a good laugh. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, when, when I went to put the gear down after flying there, it just stuck in the wheel well. So I ended up cycling it six times, and eventually it did come down, thankfully. Yeah. Wow. So now, is there, is there a reason why the designer forward swept the wings like that? Uh the idea behind the forward swept wing is that in flight, the wings are more stable. You do have a, a more stable flight um, okay. given given wing area. And, and that's true. That's true. However, uh, it's low speed. That's the problem. The, the wing does not stall in any way until it completely stalls. There's no, uh. no tip stall because with a forward swept wing, um, the, the airflow across the wing, you know, you know, there's airflow that, you know, obviously goes front to back, but there's also airflow that goes side to side, um, mm-hmm. with a forward swept wing, the air goes in toward the fuselage rather than away. So, you know, I think like, uh, why, you know, the Red Bull air racers, they, they typically have the winglets and that's to help with tip vortices and stabilize the wings. That's so okay. with, with this design, you wouldn't have that kind of turbulence and you would have less parasitic drag, therefore putting the energy more into forward momentum as well as stabilizing the airplane because the airflow coming from the tips of the wings would go in toward the fuselage and then back across the tail, keeping it stable as well. Wow. And there's there's other things about it too. I mean, the, this <laughs> the the cooling ducts are are another thing. You know, the, the mm-hmm. leading edges of the tailplanes have these intake ducts, right. and then they would go in forward toward the front part of the airplane on the inside of the airplane across the radiators, and then they ducted mm-hmm. out on the trailing edge of the root of the airplane, and. Um, that <laughs> airflow across the wing coming, you know, from the tip in toward the fuselage that would draw air out. So you have a Venturi effect drawing mm-hmm. the hot air out of the airplane, as well as pushing cool air into the tail fins as the airplane moves through the air. So many weird things about this airplane. Wow. Yeah. So how hard was it to like take this, you know, cause you had no plans, right? You didn't have yeah. any type of like, you know, previous plans or modes or, you know, forms or anything um, to just take what? You take like a three angle and start figuring out <laughs> what you need yeah, to build? Pr- pr- pretty much. Um, um, 
I, I really, all I did was I took the designer, the original designers uh, published three views from the web. Mm-hmm. I found the highest resolution image that I could find in my Google foo. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a, a large format printer and blew them up to one six scale. Okay. Uh, so I, so I printed off side views and top views and uh, using a whole bunch of measuring inside software, I was able to figure out, you know, the dihedral, the forward sweep angle, uh, dihedral of the horizontal tail planes, that's 130 degrees. So being able to do all of that stuff. And then the Bugatti 100P project, which uh, was going on as I started the build, and then tragically, just like a week later, uh, Scotty, the pilot, uh, died tragically in the, in a crash of the replica, mm-hmm. and oh um, yeah, it's it was a horrible, horrible crash, and a very tragic loss. And he was a huge supporter of the Bugatti and and the amazing aircraft that it is. But the legacy of of his project is that we have so much information about it. Uh, they went to the EAA museum and uh, measured the uh the the curvature of the wings and determined what the airfoils were uh determined the washout they did computational fluid dynamics analysis of the entire airplane they've written so many papers on this airplane talking about the aerodynamics um and i read all of them (laughs) every single (laughs) paper uh, because I wanted my model to be as scale as possible. So I have the right. scale airfoils, I have the scale dihedral, scale forward sweep angle, the scale dihedral on the tailplanes. Um, I have the scale uh, airfoil on the tailplanes. Uh, everything is as scale as I possibly can. And it's because of Scotty's project. So my hat's off to right. him wherever he is. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I think I followed along on your thread quite a bit. Uh, as you built this and so you took actual like foam from Lowe's the, and, and like glued it together and, and all that. And then hot wire cut. Is that that correct? Yeah. So the, the fuselage is made out of four layers of two inch thick, uh, pink insulation foam from Home Depot. Uh, I, I just, uh, I glued the two outer layers together permanently and then just tack glued around the perimeter uh, for the center line, because I knew that I would need to part the middle, part the fuselage in half to hollow it out mm-hmm. before I would blast the fuselage. And so I cut the side view, cut the top view, uh, cut in the pockets to accept the uh, the wing roots because uh, I didn't want the wings to go all the way through. I just decided this airplane was going to be small enough that I wasn't going to make it. Uh, any more complex than I had to and just make everything permanently assembled. Um, and yeah, and the wings are, are that same pink foam, uh, as well as the tail planes. There is some, uh, dollar store foam board in, in the wing fillets and there's 3d, 3d printed parts. Uh, the spar is uh three eighths inch thick aircraft grade ply birch ply. Yeah. But you, it's mostly common materials. Pulled my own canopy from uh, a PETG sheet. The nice. the motor it well the motors are uh, Hobby King NTM EF1 1300 kV NMPRA approved uh, pylon racing motors. 
Yeah, or our listeners that don't know, it has a counter rotating prop. Yeah, yeah. On it. This well, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna correct uh, you. Correct. It's contra rotating. Contra prop. rotating. That's true. <laughs> what contra? Yeah. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. B A B A. <laughs> oh no, not that contra. Okay. <laughs> no, not that contra. It was A B A B. Sorry, A B A B. I get those mixed up because the more modern games are now B A on the controllers. <laughs> yeah, shake your legs, spit in the wind, and then maybe you get God mode. Yeah. <laughs> those are this like you get is- like. <laughs> Sorry, go. <laughs> so that's all right. This plane is amazing in that it has, you know, the contra rotating props. It has the forward swept wings and yeah. it has a V tail. I mean, right. Did this guy just say everything conventional we know about planes? I'm throwing out the window and I'm going to design something crazy. I mean, you know, us, he's uh, all I have to say about the designer is he's French. <laughs> uh, I, I it just, Based on all the traditional techniques that were used at the time, this just completely throws the traditional designs out of the out of the way. Just everything about it, uh, from from the the placement of the wings so far aft of the cockpit, and um, the the intricate intricate engineering that had to go into making a contra motor. Uh, or two engines, two automotive engines from Bugatti, and then work mm-hmm. with a custom gearbox. Uh, oh, and and then there's all of these different hydraulic systems. Yeah, so based on airspeed, the original would have these split flaps uh, inboard of the ailerons that were automatically controlled to do different things at different airspeeds. Oh, Wow. Yeah, it, it, it's just insane the the amount of the amount of technology in this airplane for 1939. It just goes on and on and on. There's so yeah, many I was patterns. Say, you know, 39 years after we actually started to fly, or whatever it was, you know, around that time, 35 years later, and and they're doing this this yeah. craziness. Yeah, uh, it's it's absolutely a phenomenal. So, and again, I I just had to go a hundred percent and and even beyond that in some areas because I just felt like I had to do this plane the very best to my ability to replicate in the model. And you had a spinner on the front with those with those props going in opposite directions. Was that a was that a single spinner that you cut or was that no that that was two that? spinners and and that was dumb luck. I'll tell you right now. So the, <laughs> the when I sized up the airplane to one six scale, it just happened that the base of the prop spinner was three inches. So I'm like, okay, oh. well, I can I can deal with a three inch spinner, but I may uh-huh. have to make my own spinner for the front prop. Turns out that a two point seven five inch prop fit perfectly uh-huh. with the cut off nose right. of the three inch spinner. So uh-huh. it, again, just Completely dumb luck on the front end of this airplane. Just completely dumb luck. So let's talk about that contra rotating um, motors. So you built that, right? You took two NTM, whatever size, you know, um, you know, yep. Hobby King motors, Turning G motors, and you drilled it out, and you somehow figured out how to get one <laughs> to spin through the other. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's a great contra rotating uh, motor thread on RC groups that I, I read every single post and thought, well, 
what is the simplest design? How can I make this as simple as possible mm-hmm. so that it's reliable? Because the last thing that I wanted to do was have some part fail and then this 100-mile-an-hour airplane crash into somebody. Right. So, mm-hmm. so I came up with my own design, and I, I thought that was the challenge for this. But This was my first foray into engineering, uh, mechanical engineering for the motor. And uh, I drew it, drew it up in some CAD files to make sure that all the sizing was going to work. Mm-hmm. And then I went to a local machine shop and said, okay, this one 30 millimeter tall piece of metal, how much are you going to charge me to make this piece of metal? They said $250. Wow. What? Yeah. And you're like, okay. <laughs> so that's when I was like, okay, how can I do this? And <laughs> I would I would have been like, okay, do you know of another machine shop around here? Anyway? Yeah. Right? Who's your competitor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. And and I, I thought, you know, I've got to have a friend out there somewhere who can do this. And then um, a Canadian that I met at Flight Fest at 2016, he said that he's got a friend who does precision machine work for a living and that he has his own uh, – lathe that he could do some work on so i'm like okay great that's awesome but he's in canada and at the time his lathe was being taken apart and refurbished because it was having some issues but i'm like okay i gotta get a timeline this is going to be like the most difficult part of the build i've got to make sure that i get this going and so i reached out to an old friend of mine who lives in idaho and he is the one that machined this custom outer shaft. He machined it out of a solid piece of steel. Mm-hmm. And he sent me two of them. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he sent it to me. And I, I, I looked at it. And I'm like, this is great. But at each end, there's a uh, bearing that goes in to support the rotation of the front, uh, mm-hmm. the front motor over top of the rear motor's shaft. But the bearings wouldn't fit inside. So I sent him back. He's like, are you sure? Sent him back. He checked the measurements. He's like, look, took a picture. It's the right size. So he went and asked his dad. And this, they make sprockets for motorcycles. For That's what his family does. Oh, nice. And he said, oh, yeah, well, that grade of steel, you know, when you change elevation and temperature and humidity oh, content, it's going to wow. change your tolerance level. Huh. Oh my God! So wow, he crazy. had he had to overmill the inside of this shaft to accept the bearing by like point zero zero five inches. Wow! Man, wow. <laughs> because the by the time the the metal got to me at a different elevation, mm-hmm. the metal expanded. So. Uh, yeah, so that's that's the story about the, the outer shaft. And then I sent the one of the bell housings for the motor up to Martin Roby Tai. He told me how to pronounce his name. I could never pronounce his name. Uh, so I sent that to him, and he got the, the bell of the motor uh, drilled out, perfectly dead center, and then tapped to accept the, uh, the screw in from the outer shaft. And it all came to me. I put it all together and I did a test run and I was terrified. <laughs> that's, the, that, that's the, that's about the shortest I can make that story for the motor. 
it's a it's a brilliant piece of of machine work that i did not make i assembled it i designed it but i did not make it i think anybody that has had any kind of scratch building experience has definitely had that that fire up of a motor where you're not sure i'm just gonna check the amp draw or whatever but and i know i've had that where the motor's bolted to the bench and I'm half throttle and I'm I'm getting nervous, or I'm yeah. hiding behind clothes, you know, that are hanging on the stairway or something, you know. As I'm, <laughs> yeah, when when I'm I first fired it up, up, I didn't even have a I didn't even have a full charge on my battery, and I was still terrified. Jeez, it's just oh it's just, when you, when you're pulling a hundred and four amps on two motors that are designed for high speed pylon racing. it's terrifying 600 watts it's just so terrifying and and, you know i my curtis p60 hawk my uh my top flight one it it draws about 1400 watts but it's a single motor swinging an 18 by 12 prop this is 1600 watts in two eight inch props right it's it's just totally totally different uh and the sound is just something that that it sends chills down my spine every time I power it up. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Bugatti, such a such a unique plane. And you've sure only is. flown it. You only flown it twice, huh? Yeah, I've flown it twice. <clears throat> I, f- I flew it on the maiden flight, and I flew it at Flight Fest, and I have not flown it again since yet. I will fly you, it again. But yeah, I'm yeah. saying, do you have plans of uh, of taking it back out and I really I putting do. it through its paces? I do, but uh, going back to the center of gravity versus wheel uh, axle yeah. line issue, every time you hit a bump, it wants to nose over. If it's on the right, front right. wheels, it wants to nose over. If it's on the tail wheel, it wants to nose over. At, at this point, I have to have another person at the field with me to give the little push like Josh Bixler did on the oh, Bugatti right. video because that's the only way I'm going to get it to take off. And then landing, it's going to nose in every single time. Um, no. Now I do have. Um, I'm friends with Carl Leidick, Wilm Racer, on the Wilm FT Racer. forum, mm-hmm. and he's he's a member of a, a club down the road that has a paved runway. So we're we're thinking oh. that at some point we're going to meet up, and I'll bring the Bugatti and fly off a paved runway. See how That'd she be does. Nice. Sure, yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah. So, Josh, I have a I have a few questions about the plane itself and the build. Did you? You did flaps, and did you use them at all, or how did that work out for you? Yeah, so the maiden flight, I did do a, a couple of flap tests. Um, it it was as I suspect suspected. Um, so when you deploy flaps on, like, say, a P forty seven, a jug, you know, you deploy flaps, and it wants to balloon like crazy. Just the airplane gets so much lift that it just goes up and up and up. With the Bugatti, it does the opposite. It's weird. Um, and I think it has to do with the inward flow of the air across the wing where you deploy the flaps and the nose points down. Really? Okay. So I had incorporated a mix of elevator to compensate with the, uh, with the flaps, but I did not use that at Flight Fest at all because – Again, I was trying to be as safe as possible. I had enough runway that I didn't, I, I wasn't concerned about slowing the airplane down for landing. 
So okay. um, I, I, I just decided to be as safe as possible with it. There were so many people there, and I just yeah. did not want anybody to get hurt with this airplane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the fuselage, you said you, you had four pieces and you kind of left it so you could pull the middle pieces out. Did you did you fiberglass inside the fuselage at all, or was it just on the outside? It's just on the outside. It's just a skin coat of, of uh, half-ounce fiberglass and epoxy. Uh, mm-hmm. Just one layer of epoxy to help save weight. Uh, I filled the cart, the, the the weave of the fiberglass with uh, my favorite mix of water-based polyurethane and baby powder. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it dries really quickly. It sands really easily, and it makes a great painting surface after that. Um, really. And yeah. Wow. And it's just you know you you paint it on with a brush and you can save the brush afterwards you know it, it doesn't have to be super pretty you just you, it's just like like if you were to do a, a, a weave coat with a weave fill coat with epoxy you'd have to be sanding and sanding and sanding and putting so much elbow grease into it whereas with the water-based polyurethane baking powder you still have to sand but you don't have to work as hard to get a smooth finish Right. So you end up you end up saving just a little bit of weight by using that method. It's it's not as strong, but I wasn't going for strength. I was going for painting surface. So mm-hmm. that's that's how I finished it. Yeah. Man, I'm gonna have to try this down the road. I'm, it's amazing. It's All stupid easy stuff. It's it's stupid easy. It like fiberglassing is one of the easy. If you can wrap a Christmas present. You can wrap your airplane in fiberglass. It's I think it's so even easier. Easy. <laughs> it's so easy, and so many people are intimidated by it. It should, really shouldn't be. It's, it's, I think it's the whole like now you're working with like you know, not just like let's say you're working with epoxy, right? So you're doing epoxy resin. It's not yeah. just like okay, I glue here, I glue here. Now it's like I gotta layer this epoxy resin over this whole thing. Yeah, yeah, you know. Then it's going to get everywhere. People probably thinking about the mess, the, the smell, or, or like, you know, the chemical fumes. Well, yeah, that's it, too. Yeah. Now you're working with a whole another set of. Yeah. I mean, polyester materials. resins are, they're pretty stinky. But when you're dealing with epoxy, it's not nearly as bad. Because if you use the polyester resins, like what you would use to, to fix a car or a boat, mm-hmm. uh, if you use those resins on the foam, it'll melt the foam. So oh, okay. you ha- you have to use epoxy when you're when you're building these airplanes. So right. um, the 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 amount of fumes is not terrible. I do it no, in the basement, and mm-hmm. and it's you know it's it's a little stinky, but it's not like the whole house just reeks of epoxy. Right, right. So one one last thing about the Bugatti I want to ask is um, it's it's a V tail, right? But it actually has a rudder. Yeah, it's sort of right. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's weird. So it's got a hundred and thirty degree angle on the horizontal stabilizers. Mm-hmm. So they are considered horizontal stabilizers because oh, really? there there is a vertical stabilizer, but it goes down. It doesn't go right. up. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if I recall correctly, on the full size at different speeds, the hydraulic system would kick in, and the elevators would also become elevons okay. so they they would if if you were to roll you could roll with the elevons as well as the ailerons right but um again it's getting into a whole bunch of complexity i just made them as elevators 
they're on my elevator channel. They go up and down within my elevator stick. It just keep it simple, stupid. Nice. That plane is amazing, man. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It's amazing that you took on such a challenge and you were successful because a lot of guys take on a lot of stuff. I mean, I wanted to do so much more with the SE5, but it, it came down to the wire where it just had to get it flying. But that, that thing you had finished painted, uh, and it looked fantastic. And I, like I said, I followed along with the build thread. If any of our listeners want to follow along, it's the whole thing's on flight, on flight test, um, forums and the mm-hmm. threads flight fest 2017 Bugatti 100P, right? Yep. Right, Joshua? Yep. I got that right? Yep. Okay. And yeah, it's an that, amazing, it's an amazing story, man, that you have there. It's, it's, it's definitely one for the record books in, in, in my experience. And, and, uh, it's very kind of you to, to express your appreciation for the project. And really it's at this point, it has become, uh, a cherished airplane in my fleet that is really a community airplane. I feel like it, it really belongs to everybody. It's, it's not just an airplane that sits in my hangar and is mine. Uh, because I had so many people following and supporting me, and it, it was just an awesome, awesome experience. Awesome. And and certainly, uh, again, going back to Hobby Kings, I, I couldn't have done it without their sponsorship. Uh-huh. Uh, so many great quality parts were sent to me that really made the airplane just perform the way I wanted it to. Many thanks to awesome. them as well. Awesome. All right, and that was uh, that was this past flight fest. Um, mm-hmm. Let's just kind of go back to the year before when you had the Gotha G four. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I want to talk about that plane a little. <laughs> okay, I'm looking at it hanging on my wall. <laughs> nice. So, uh, I mean, I know you said you like the older um, generation planes, and so what made you want to do this plane? What what kind of brought you to it? Well, there's <clears throat> there's the idea that. Um, you know, big airplanes at Flight Fest are the ones that everybody oohs and ahs over. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, okay, I can make something big, but mm-hmm. I really like this scale stuff. And sure. I thought, okay, well, I want to do something scale and big and foam board, but what do I do? And then it's like, well, just do a bomber. But I didn't want to do, you know, a B-17 because, you know, it's so popular. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool to go all the way back to World War I and do, Mm -hmm. like, some sort of weird-looking bomber? So I decided on the G-4 because it was – for World War I-era bombers, it was probably about as simple as I could find. Um, And and I I had to really dig in deep to to figure out how to – make the wings come apart a little bit yep. and uh, figure out a spar situation. Cause I mean, it's, it's 77 and a half inch wingspan mm-hmm. at, at, and this is one twelfth scale. Uh, and, and then once I got it built and the prototype was flying, uh, the, the, the prototype had looked like it had flapping wings, like a bird. It was so flimsy. Uh, so flimsy. Yeah. <laughs> But but it flew and, mm-hmm. and it made lift and it proved that my uh, aerodynamic design was sound. So yeah. then I you know on the next build I figured out okay so I, I need to make a fiberglass uh, spar, which was not a problem, mm-hmm. and um, using paint sticks as as connecting spars. So that worked and then uh, 
Stephen Rosema um, rasterized on the forum. Yep. Uh, he he chimed in and, and he wanted to. Um, well, I, I asked him if he if he knew how to like do um, uh, lozenge pattern, like World War One era lozenge pattern, like the Germans did. And he said, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." And I said, "Well, can can you do something for me so that you know I can print this off?" And make a skin for the for the goth bomber because in the year previous I had seen the stuff that he had done for the storch, and mm-hmm. I mean, the, the yep. skins that he makes are just absolutely phenomenal for the flight test yes. airplanes. He does such great work. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So so then I I used craft paper and my large format printer and printed off all of these skins for the wings, and it took me like days. <laughs> to peel off the paper of the original wings and then reapply mm-hmm. this uh, skin onto, and uh, it just turned out beautiful. I I love how it turned out. Yeah, it turned out great. And that was another thing you did with the community too. Like you had everybody build their own custom baby Baron, right, to fly with you. Yeah. So 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 spawn. I asked spawns. So I'm like, hey, can can you? He was working on the baby Baron at the time, and I'm like, hey, hey, that's about the right size for one yeah. six scale fighter. Would you be willing to like fly fighter escort for me if if you know Stephen does this does a skin for you? He's like, oh yeah, absolutely. And then word got out, and people were like, oh, I want in on that. Oh, I want in on that. So it ended up yep. being this this whole gaggle like an early morning uh, combat yeah. session that was just a whole hoot and a half, and we were all so exhausted. But it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I remember that happening. That was that was that was a good time, man. And it looked like uh, there was a, quite a few planes. I think yeah. it was the total of planes, like fifty to seventy. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was somewhere somewhere between like fifty and sixty. I think I, I okay. can't remember exactly for sure, but it was a lot. But it was it, it was so touching that everybody was like, "Yeah, let's let's go fly with this big foam airplane," and and. It, it was just such a hoot, such a hoot. We all out there with, you know, our aviator goggles and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Know, scarves. It was just such a fun, fun time. Yeah, that plane's uh, pretty unique too, right? I mean, because it has the, the two pushers in the back and then it has all mm-hmm. these, uh, you know, cables for your your wing, you know, to hold the wings basically together yeah. in line. So <laughs> yeah, that, so that the- must have been fun. That was – I enjoyed it, but, you know, uh-huh. I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the struts are uh, barbecue skewers, mm-hmm. and then to give it a little bit more strength, I ended up putting um, – I used spider wire fishing line to make the guy wires, and I, okay. would, pull the, I would pull them tight using uh, – I forget which knot, but it was a knot – and I would pull it tight and then put a drop of CA to keep it tight because, you know, right. spider wire doesn't stretch all that much. Mm-hmm. And um, okay. that that's what helped kept, help the wing keep its shape in addition to the reinforced spars. Right. So, nice. um, but it, it was, the, the plans are on, are on the build thread in the forum somewhere. But uh, yeah, if anybody wants to build one, it's, it flies great. It's just so fun to fly, and you just feel silly with this, you know, rinky-dink, huge thing. <laughs> you know, this this huge rinky-dink uh, foam board airplane, and it's got these two teeny tiny motors. Yeah, but it flies so incredibly scale. Wait, wait, uh, we got we gotta say it right. It's yeah. huge, huge. <laughs> Thank you, David. <laughs> 
Awesome. Yeah, awesome. It, it's that, and that was my goal for that airplane was to make it fly scale and the scale it does fly. You really have to work Amazing. the rudder in your turns. Mm-hmm. See, I love that. I love the I I particularly like the biplanes and I love the scale aspect of of the biplanes and getting them as much to scale as possible and then flying them as much to scale as you can yeah. to build one. Yeah, Even I, with the silly baby blender, I took and I did, you know, uh, a scale sort of uh, design where I, I have an 11-inch prop on the the baby blender because back in those days, there wasn't a lot of pitch to the props. It was just giant prop. Yeah. Yeah, I should try building one of those. It's fun. I think it's, I think it's only like uh, 10 or 12 sheets of foam board. Nice. Nice. That's not too um, bad. And with the water resistant stuff, you probably won't have the problem that I had with my skins peeling off in the dew at Flight Fest. <laughs> yeah. Mm. All right. But yeah, it's it's a fun one. And uh, yeah, it, I, I agree with you uh, that, you know, being able to fly something that flies like the full scale does from back then really gives you an appreciation for what those pilots went through. Because these, yeah. these, these machines were like, ultra high sketch factor every single time sure. it went up. Yeah, man. Now, if I can ask you about your SE5, uh, the yeah. one I, I built was uh, designed after a, like a 50s balsa plane that I think was a one or two channel plane. So the CG was more or less right in the middle, you know, where it should be. How am I trying to say that? It, it really it really took off and landed by itself almost. I don't know mm-hmm. how yours was, but um, it was real floaty and it was a joy to fly. Mine is, um, it's a joy to fly. Landings are a bit rough. I, I used, uh, plans from some old time kit too. I can't remember exactly who the designer was, but, um, I think it was originally a control line airplane. And, and the disadvantage that I had was, um, when I built it, the horizontal stabilizer had a, the wrong incidents. Uh, you know, it had an incidence for control line and like a dummy, I didn't factor that into when I built it. So yeah. it's weird when it, when you take off, it looks like I have a whole bunch of, of down elevator. It looks like the nose is going to fold over, but it's because the incidence is wrong on the horizontal stabilizer. Oh, okay. Um, but the center of gravity is just straight up from the bottom wing to the top wing. That's, that's how you do biplanes. It, yeah, pretty, pretty much universally, uh-huh. just straight up from the bottom wing to the top wing. Yeah, I guess I, I when I build something like that, uh, I kind of figure, uh, you know, where the CG is supposed to be, but then if I have to put the battery forward more, you know, it's kind of like, in in my reference to saying the center where the center of gravity was, it was I basically put the battery right underneath, you know, the the wing right in front of the on top of the bottom wing there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it flew great, man. And yeah, it sure did. I I enjoyed watching that thing fly. It was a hoot. I and should uh, land a great with I, one wheel too. Yeah, if I, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> if I get it back uh, in flying shape, man, and maybe next year I'll see if I can bring it and pass the transmitter around. Because, like I said, I I built a small one and a, and a large one. I built like a um a forty eight inch wingspan one, and then this was ninety seven something yeah. like that. Yeah. And this the small one flew just as good as the the large one. It was really super easy to fly. That's awesome. Yeah, the SE5s are are pretty popular for model companies to 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 have 
on on mm-hmm. whatever they're going to sell because they have a longer nose than most World War One aircraft. Right. What that what that does is help people land the aircraft without it flipping over. And you know, mm-hmm. most people don't know that pretty much every single World War One era airplane they just flipped right over every single time they landed. So yeah. So going back to Flight Fest the year before that, you worked on the Sikorsky. Yeah, uh, you had the Sikorsky. Was it 2015? You were working on it, but I know 2016 you had it. Yeah, 2015 I built the Sikorsky, and then I brought it back for 2016 after it was finished, and um, uh, I, I felt like it was proper to bring it back so that it could, you know, be finally completed at the place of its birth. <laughs> uh, nice. And, and it's such a sweet flying airplane. That's another airplane I forgot to mention at the start. I, I fly that one from time to time, too. Such a pussycat of an airplane. Just flies great. It's really a Sunday flyer. Um, you do have to coordinate the turns with the rudder, but it's just amazing airplane to fly. And uh, I still have not had it on water. <laughs> oh, no? I'm still not. I don't have any place to fly off of water near my home. Um, I had meant to take it twice this summer. I had meant to take it to my in-law's house to put it on the pool at least. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I no, I've, I've never had a chance to put it on water. But one of these days, one of these days. I did get a chance to check that thing out up close. And the engineering that you put into that whole plane just blew me away. And basically what you said earlier it's it was real simple that you did simplistic things but the way you did them was amazing it's like something i i wouldn't even have thought of the way, you had, <laughs> the, way the way you had the the hardware laid out for the gear and stuff like that well i i you know i started planning that project immediately after the the first flight fest um when i got so much interest in how I built the SE5, I'm like, okay, well, next year, I'm just going to build a plane. I'm going to show people really how to build with foam, none of this mm-hmm. foam board garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so it was, it was like September of 2014 that I, my wheels started turning and I started planning every, and I must have built the airplane from start to finish at least two dozen times in my head. Because I, I, I made a commitment to myself that I would not start the airplane. I would do nothing, no building, before Flight Fest officially started on the first oh, day, the, thir- wow. the Thursday of Flight Fest. And I was true to that. And I started at 7 o'clock in the morning on Thursday <laughs> and uh, it just basically built all the way till midday Sunday when I flew. Nice. So you start on the first day, you miss five fest, and then the last day you're like, "Yeah, I'm here. I got it done." Yeah, I mean, I I stepped out for a couple of bathroom breaks and had sure. a couple of my friends food. bring me food and force me to eat. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I, mean, I can still remember where you were when you you were almost towards the flight line. You were in one of the build tents. I can yeah. remember just you going to it man yeah yeah well and i i picked the perfect year to do it too because that was the first that we had so much rain that year yeah and and i was like i'm happy i don't know what your problem is i'm in a build tent all day <laughs> i'm doing i'm exactly where you want to be <laughs> that's true awesome yeah, it was it was super fun though because people would stop by and ask me how i do things and so you know there was a lot of teaching in that situation as well 
And that's really what inspired me to reach out to Flight Test about, you know, doing doing more like symposium style things and having workshops. And, and that yeah. turned into the building series at Flight Fest the following year. Nice. Um, so. Right. Uh, all right. So let's let's talk about some 3D printing. That's, you, you've been getting into a lot of 3D printing, I see. I have, yeah. Yeah. So um, your latest thing is your, your bomb drop mechanism and the bomb itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I've always thought, you know, that's a fun novelty. But, you know, with the advent of 3D printers, there's so many fun things that you can make. And I, I just thought that being able to drop a bomb is really cool. But so many people think, oh, well, you have to have this special drop mechanism. And, you know, I've used magnets before in the past. That's what I used on the Gotha. Mm-hmm. But I thought, you know, I can design something that is fully 3D printable and you just assemble it and glue it in the airplane at a servo and you're off to have some fun. And what I came up with was a, a, a mechanism that you hook up to a servo, but you don't have to use the servo like to reload the bomb. It has a built-in spring that you just oh, okay. mm-hmm. p- pop the bomb back into place and it just the spring push clips it back in and and you're you're off to go again and and that's the fun part of it it, it you know you've got this little clip that glues onto the bomb or a paratrooper or mm-hmm. another airplane or whatever you can think of an m80 <laughs> <laughs> don't try that at home kids Whatever you can think of, you can drop it from an airplane. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you can take this to the point where you put the drop mechanism in like a parasite airplane and the pilot of the, the smaller airplane can drop whenever they want. They just put it on another channel on their radio rather than on the larger sure. airplane carrying it. So it's mm-hmm. really sure. flexible that way because I, sure. I wanted to make it as small as I possibly could, but still work. So that's that's what I've been working on, and not to mention since I love scale stuff so much that I, nobody out there had a design for a th- full three D printable World War Two era Allied bomb. So came up with that design, and now I'm wrapping up my German bomb design. So. Nice, awesome. Nice. Do, you, do I mean besides the um, I know you three D printed the your instrument cluster for the Bugatti, but did you mm-hmm. do any other three D printing modeling and Right. Uh, for for the Bugatti, the the instrument cl- cluster is three printed as well as the exhaust manifolds, the mm-hmm. intake vents for the tailplanes, as well as the vents for the uh, the wing le- uh, trailing edge at the root, uh, right. and then across the spine of the airplane, there's uh, the battery hatch. There are 66 um, holes in the side, mm-hmm. and in in the full scale, the most of the airplane is made out of plywood. And the way that this hatch, this was originally a hatch to cover the engines, mm-hmm. and they were they were held on with lag bolts. Wow! And okay. and really? I I 3D printed 1.2 millimeter hex head lag bolts. To oh put my in god! <laughs> each one of those holes. Right. So yeah, the the 3D printer really got to work out for the Bugatti. <laughs> wow, nice. Damn. That's awesome. <laughs> That's cool. So now, I guess more of your newer planes, you did a lot of wire cutting, right, to get the mm-hmm. um, 
the core of the the fuselage and the wings. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to go over some of the wire cutting techniques and stuff? Is that? I'm sure a lot of our listeners don't know much about it. Yeah. Um, so hot wire cutting is n- nothing really new. That's been around mm-hmm. for as long as styrofoam has been flying through the air. The the basic idea is that you have uh, some sort of wire. Usually it's nichrome because it it tends to be a bit more resilient. I use piano wire uh, because it's accessible. It's cheap. You go to a a piano store and you say, I'm looking for this gauge wire. Well, what do you need it for? Well, let me tell you. And they're like, (laughs) oh, well, here, just take that. That sounds like fun. Uh, So then you run a current through it, and usually it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 watts. So it's not enough to kill you, but when the wire gets hot, it is enough to burn you. So there's there's not a whole lot of danger in it. Um, The real danger is what is not seen or smelled, and that's the Mm. fumes from from the melting foam. That stuff's pretty noxious, and you don't want to inhale it. Um, I have a, a chemical filtered uh, face mask that I wear when I when I'm hot wire cutting. But yeah, the the I, the basic idea is you have some sort of form, whether it's a negative or a positive form, depending on what you're cutting mm-hmm. or how you how you plan the cut, and you just run the wire along that uh, that form at each end of your piece of foam, and what you're left with is a curve in the yep. foam mm-hmm. and whether it's an airfoil or a fuselage or a piece of a fuselage. Uh, if you remember back when David first did his Vigan, yeah. uh, his, his fuselage was cut into sections. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's another technique that people do for fuselages. Um, yeah. And you can make a hot wire bow for doing wing panels. Uh, if you're starting out for the first time, I don't recommend you try to do a cut of a piece of foam any longer than 18 inches. Yeah. That was my good. next question. Um, yeah, how long, if you know, between your, your templates can it be? Yeah. If, if you stick to around 18 inches, that's a good place to start because handling the weight of the bow and mm-hmm. dealing with, uh, you know, when wire heats up, it stretches. Right. And so you, as you as you run the bow through the foam, you know, they're, they're, the, the wire will bend a little bit. And so you have to account for that wire sag as you go through the cut. And mm-hmm. it could be a little bit tricky once you go past 18 inches. Um, largest cut that I've ever done is... Uh, 23 inches and that was a challenge that was that was a big challenge yeah it almost seems like you need two people to to do something that big yeah well i'm i'm a freak i have these freakishly long gorilla arms so i was able to manhandle it okay (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah it, it just gets a little awkward when it gets that long because you really need to be following uh the 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 patterns as evenly as possible mm-hmm. so that you know you you enter both uh, both ends of the foam at the same time but you want to exit the both ends of the foam at the same time if you look at my bugatti uh foam cutting video on my youtube channel you can see how difficult that was because the the cord at the at the tip was only like two and a half inches mm. but the cord at the root of the wing was like right 18 inches it, it was insane oh, it was insane trying to cut that wing it was really it was really hard but you know just be patient you plan ahead and uh build an airplane if you nice. fail you don't care because it's cheap 
Yeah, um, do it again. Right. Yeah, Perfect just do it again. It. Um, your um, wire cutting, your hot wire cutting, you built that, right? The bow. It's yeah. A DIY. Yeah, my bow is a DIY. Uh, the frame is made out of aluminum because I wanted a big bow to be more flexible. Um, uh-huh. I have on one end of uh, the wire is a piece of wood so that right. I don't short circuit and kill myself. Sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I also have uh, a smaller bow that is made out of uh, two yardsticks and some uh, just some like twine. Basically, uh, you tight you tighten the uh, twine on one end, and it tightens the 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 wire on the other end. It's just a really lightweight, versatile v- bow. Um, and nice. then uh, I also have like looks like a jigsaw. Yeah, it's just a, it's an upright uh, wire cutter that I use for like cutting flat pieces, like the fuselage. It just mm-hmm. makes it easier to work with it on the table rather than you know trying to freehand some things. Now, can you can you wire cut Adam's foam board? You can if the paper is peeled off. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You, you have to pull. Uh, well, yeah, uh, you know, if you have a red hot wire, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty <laughs> that can cut through the paper. You're likely going to set that paper on fire. <laughs> so right, right. I, I wouldn't yeah. try to I wouldn't try to hot wire cut foam board with the paper on. That, mm-hmm. that might get a little too silly in your shop. <laughs> so, Fred, give that a try. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's let's see. So, you're let's talk about your Hobby King sponsor. That's pretty cool. Uh, being sponsored by Hobby King. Um, now, now you said you're sponsored primarily for build, so it's not like they send you their kits per se, but it's more like. You you put in hey you know I'm gonna be, this is the new plane I'm gonna scratch build these are the things I need you know electronic wise complete it and then I guess they they you know send you the stuff or <laughs> how does that go <laughs> so so that's that's pretty much how I pitched the Bugatti project um, mm-hmm. I just applied through their website there's a there's an application page for sponsorship and. Oh, okay. um, I was contacted by someone from Hobby King, and they said, well, how can Hobby King help? And I said, well, I'm working on this Bugatti. (laughs) And he said, (laughs) okay, well, write up a proposal and tell me what you need, and we'll see what goes from there. And so uh, I did a full write-up and a proposal. You know, obviously, I had talked about my community involvement and how I wanted to, you know, really showcase the, the spirit of aviation in this and and, you know, I coordinated some air races for Flight Fest this year that the Bugatti is, was along the theme with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, so my current build is a uh, spacewalker. It's you know, an old-timey kind of thing. It was a, a home-built kit airplane in the 80s, I think. And it was yeah. really popular, just very stable platform. You could put a whole bunch of different engines in it that were reliable and uh, fun airplane to fly. And there mm-hmm. was an RC version, many different RC versions. And I thought, yeah. you know, I a lot of people are getting excited with flight within the flight test community about balsa builds. And there's not a lot of content out there, but there's a lot of drive. There's a lot yes. of interest. And I thought this... This would be fun. I would really like to get back to my balsa roots. So I am building a Hobby King Spacewalker kit, a laser mm-hmm. cut kit from Hobby King. 
Oh, uh, cool. I yeah. spec'd out the, all the electronics that I wanted and uh, some of the different things that I wanted to incorporate. I've got some nav lights that I'm going to build into it, try to make it look as full scale as possible. But really, I just want to show people this is a basic kit. This is what you can expect. These are some tech, basic techniques that you're going to want to learn and you're going to want to know when you put these things together because it's mm-hmm. nothing like folding foam wings. Yeah. Um, so that's really what I'm focusing on right now is is the spacewalker build. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I was looking at your uh, your forum post. It's impressive. Um, Hobby King went from like a company that that had some balsa kits. I bought maybe you know like the smaller little things that had zero instructions. Yeah. To this like full you know booklet with color and and like notes and just like comments and just a way like. The manual, like, uh, that's one thing that I notice a lot about different RC companies, especially on the helicopter side is, you know, most of these, um, you know, higher end helicopters, you, you have to build them. And, and I look at the manual and I, and I judge, um, not only by the, the way that the helicopter kit gets put together and flies, but also how they do the manual, how kind of the production work on that in the back end. And I, I looked at the manual for this and I was quite impressed. How detailed it was. Yeah, it's, it's got like this exploded CAD uh, look mm-hmm. to it. And and I think that it, it a picture says a thousand words. Um, mm-hmm. yes. But, you know, there are situations where you really just have to, to use words. And there are a couple of spots in this manual where I'm like, I really could have used some words here. But, um, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. again, again, like you said, a couple of years ago, you know, the, you you were lucky to even have instructions, let right. alone let alone any instructions. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh-huh. how far they have come is just astonishing to me, and it's only going to get better. I really believe that. Um, the The guy that I'm in contact with, he's he's responsible with doing for doing a lot of the the balsa work for Hobby King, and you know, I'm giving all of this feedback to him as I build. And, you know, it's useful for them. And, and I'm hoping that it develops into this relationship where uh, I can do these prototype builds because they really need that feedback for, you know, how do the parts fit? How how is the laser cutting going? Because some of these, it's like they really need an expert in their factories to know how to run a laser. Right. Because if some of these sheets are coming through and it's like, well, they're not cut all the way. And it's really difficult to cut them out, especially if they're ply parts. So, sure. you know, all, mm-hmm. all of this stuff going back into Hobby King and, you know, just making it a better company so that we can have a better community of, of model aircraft. And it's just, I, I truly believe that it's just going to get better. Yeah. And I, I see you're going to go with the traditional um, red with the yellow and the checker pattern. Yeah, I'm going to do a checker pattern on the bottom. I uh, haven't mm-hmm. decided whether or not I'm going to do the uh, sunburst pattern on the top or not. Sure. Um, I really want to want to think about uh, maybe something a little bit different. Uh, I, I think that if I do the sunburst pattern, I may have trouble with some visibility, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I've got a 3D printed pilot that I'm going to put in it. Um, the... I, I'm telling you, the uh, the exhaust, the fiberglass molded exhaust on this is just really, really top shelf. It, it just, I, I'm, I thought, well, yeah, it's going to come, and I'm going to have to design some 
some mm-hmm. you know cylinders and push rods right. and all this other stuff right. to make a good looking motor. No, I, I don't need to do any of that. It really wow. looks it looks that good. So I, I'm just really excited to get this airplane a little more finished and start doing some uh, some fun detail touches. But you know, I just gotta get this other wing panel put together. <laughs> yeah. So how far are you now? You're just getting the other wing. Yeah, so I've got the fuselage finished along with mm-hmm. the battery hatch. I've got one wing finished, and mm-hmm. um, I've started dry-fitting pieces together for the other wing, making sure that I don't make the exact same wing again, making sure that it's a mirror <laughs> right. image. A mirror ray. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I see you already made a bomb for it, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I've, I've got... Uh, the bomb drop, I'm going to try to incorporate into it because, you know, that's fun. And that's really what yeah. the Spacewalker is really about. It's a traditional airplane about having fun at the flying field. And, uh, I mean, really, this this airplane is meant to be a glow or electric, and it is built like a tank. If you put glow on this, I would it will survive. It is really nice. a very nice. robust model. Uh, lots this of flying. This looks like, what, uh, 48, 50 inches? Um, it's whatever 1580 millimeters is. Yeah. 1580 millimeters. I can't remember what that is in inches. Yeah. It's, it's a sizable model. Yeah. It's a, it uses a 40 to 50 two stroke engine. So, yeah, it's gotta be decent size. 62 inches. There you go. 62 inches. Yeah. That's about average for my fleet. That's pretty good size. Yeah. I think anything above 50 starts to start feeling big you know they're not yeah. huge but it's not like a you know an ft mustang or something where it's like okay it's kind of it still has like a small compact feel to it yeah yeah see and and for me i i look at my my giant scale curtis p60 hawk and i'm like yeah it's, <laughs> it's a pretty it's a pretty big airplane but i mm-hmm. i look out on the web and i look at it other people's stuff at the field in my own club and i'm like yeah that's a small airplane yeah, <laughs> my my club president has a forty three percent extra, and it's just it, one hundred and fifty yeah. cc wow. engines are are not tiny. Right. Wow. Awesome. Um. All right. So let's see here. Fabric covering. Yeah, I wanted to ask him if he ever worked with fabric covering. Uh. So I'm a nerd, and <laughs> and uh, I went to an open house at the Udvar Hazy Museum here in Washington D.C. And uh, spent about half an hour at uh, an open house in the restoration hangar. And that 30 minutes was speaking specifically to the very kind ladies there about linens. There are. There are so many different types of linens in full-scale aircraft, and the way that they were used, you know, what's the difference between German linen and Irish linen and really? British linen and American linen? I mean, there's so many different things about them, and it's so interesting. Uh, uh, you know, French linen. Uh, so fabric covering I've never done on an airplane. I have used solar techs because it's cheating and it works. <laughs> Okay. Uh, the the drawback for solar techs though is that it's about the heaviest covering film that you can buy, but the results are phenomenal. It just it looks like fabric. It feels like fabric, mm. and uh, you can 
you can get it printed on. Like my CUDA, I've got some uh, lozenge pattern printed on solar text, and I put that on the wings of my CUDA, and it just looks awesome. I love it. Uh, I love the way my CUDA turned out with that. But you, again, yeah, using real f- fabric covering and dope and all that, no, I've, I've never yeah. done that. Never, never done that. Do you stick to actual airplanes or would you ever try like a steampunk design or anything like that? Like something um, crazy like that? Uh, geez, a, steam, a steampunk? Probably not a steampunk. I do really like the idea of um, the uh, like the German aircraft of World War II that were just ideas but never flew. Um, okay. those are, those can be some really interesting ones. And, and if anybody wants to get some ideas or inspiration, go to Luft, L-U-F-T 46.com. Really fun website. There is a, uh, build off challenge, design off challenge in the flight test forum to do that. Um, you have to, uh, design and fly a model before the end of the year and provide plans for the community and build instructions and all that stuff. Similar to the, the challenge that I coordinated last year for the, the pylon races, but it has to be an airplane that was designed in world war two era or thereabouts, but the original, like it never saw combat. So okay. it, can, it can be an experimental airplane that flew but it never saw combat so that we're, we're looking at some of the more interesting subjects. Cause you know, everybody's seen a Mustang. Everybody's seen a Spitfire. Uh, people have seen a B 17, but there's so much development in this era because of the mm-hmm. needs for the war that, you know, you yeah. really get some weird stuff coming out of the woodworks. <laughs> weird UFO type. Stuff. Yeah. So they are, <laughs> nice. The airplane I'm working on for that is a Blomman Voss design. It's called the P-170. It looks like a pod racer from Star Wars. Or, yeah, from Star Star Wars. It does. Yeah. I, I'm Actually, when you, when you mentioned that website, I went right to it. And, yeah, this is crazy. I've never seen yeah. anything like this. It's a super weird airplane. It was designed to be a high-speed, long-range attack bomber. So it's got this long central fuselage and these big, big uh, rectangular wings and these outer pods at the tips of the wings and three engines, one on each fuselage piece. And they were designed to be the what Daimler Ben 603, 609, something like that. Huge honking radial engine, supposed to be super fast. And I thought... That could be a fun project. So that's what I'm working on for that. Uh, sort of doing that intermittently with the uh, Spacewalker build. Awesome. Does that thing have three landing gears in the front? Yes, it does. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> it is. It's just <laughs> so weird. <laughs> that's cool. Awesome. I, I love I love the obscure and unusual airplanes. That's that's really what I'm drawn to. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I, they just have such fascinating history. And don't get me wrong, I can appreciate a Mustang and a Spitfire. Um, they certainly played their role in in the way that they served. But uh, oh, man, I think it's really weird. <laughs> the rudders are on the outer pods, and you'll yeah. Need- Horizontal stabilizer <laughs> on the main center pod. That's uh, center fuse. That's this year. That's cool. Yeah, gonna, I can't wait to I'm see gonna, this uh, go. I'm gonna have to try to make it fly. <laughs> that's yes. the hard part. <laughs> And, and drop a bomb. Yeah. 
<laughs> At least one. Hopefully yes. two. Yes. <laughs> awesome. All right. So I, I that was kind of my next question. What's your uh, project for 2018 Flight Fest? Uh, I guess it's uh, your Blumen Voss P170 here. Yeah, the P170, I, I'm not – don't count on it. I, I mean, things <laughs> can change. Sure. Um, uh, after <laughs> after the Bugatti build, you know, I, I – it's sort of like uh, what happened after Flight Fest 2015. You know, I came back in Flight Fest 2016 with, you know, I was just there to have fun. Yeah. Uh, did that, didn't, that one year rest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's sort of how I'm taking this year. You know, I'm working on other things. I'm having a lot of fun building with Balsa. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've got a potential project sitting right next to me to work on with Carl Leidick if he ever gets finished his P40 and his Talon. His Talon, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've been following him too. Mm-hmm. He he and I were like on the same vein. We're like, we don't want to take on these huge, huge projects because there's such a drain on you. So we we have an idea to do a collaborative project, which I think will be extremely fun. Uh, and he's he only lives like an hour away, so it can, oh, it can be a lot of a lot of fun working with him. I think, but we'll see. Yeah, Kevin knows about you know. The stresses of getting a plane ready for flight fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not easy. <laughs> no, no, it's not. I tried. I was like, yeah, no, that's not that's not for me. I, I don't want to stress out about it. <laughs> I don't want to stress out about anything. It's not. I want to have fun. <laughs> so if I don't exactly, then, well, I got to give Joshua props for doing it every year. I, mean, I know. I yeah. didn't want to do it this year. I mm-hmm. was like, no, I'm just gonna throw helicopters and what I got <laughs> in Steve's car, and we'll just drive out there. Yeah, you know, it's like I don't. I don't even want to like try and get anything crazy going this year. I would have loved to have had the time, but it's just, yeah, it's just, uh, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's it a is. Lot of work. It is a lot of work, and it is a a big time commitment. And and being able to juggle family and work and all the other life things that go on, it happens. And and I was very fortunate that I pushed myself hard to meet my deadline ahead of time. Because I, I definitely wanted to have a maiden done before flight test, before I even completely finished the model. And I was able to get that done and still finish all the details before flight fest. So uh, I just yeah. I just count myself lucky and, and having a very supportive family who know that I get a little obsessive at times. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Kevin, do you have any other questions for Joshua before we move on to the next talk? No, no, this has been absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And very enlightening. Yeah. It's, it's uh-huh, been Fred, my... You weren't here. <laughs> Sorry, I had <laughs> to been... rub it to Fred's face. <laughs> oh, man. We always have to rub everything into Fred's face. I know. <laughs> Fred is still down there getting. Uh... Getting things set after the yes. hurricane. Yeah, yeah. He, he's doing good work right now, but he's a I, good gotta bust his, I, I do have to bust his ball. So. <laughs> yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so let's uh, let's move on to the next section here. Now, we have a little, you know, we kind of do that get to know in the beginning, but for our, our guest hosts, we also have a top 10 that we, we go through real quick. Okay. And this is just a little bit more specific. So um, do you pinch or thumb? I thumb. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Kevin loves whenever he hears that. He likes he likes summers. <laughs> and Deans. And no. <laughs> you don't have Deans on anything anymore, do you? Not anymore. Yeah, no, not just anymore. my charging case. Yeah, yeah. With, with, with short, shorts every right? With shorts out. <laughs> You're on the connector. Um, really? Nitro or electric? Electric. Okay. Uh, 
park flyer or a quarter scale? <sighs> kind of depends on my mood, but probably quarter scale because you can add more detail. Sure. Um, nice. This is this is kind of more on the helicopter side, but we adapted it for the plane side. It's um, gyros or no gyro? No um, gyro. So no, no gyro. Okay. There is no gyro in the Bugatti. <laughs> nice. I wouldn't do you much good if it did anyways. Uh, the wing just like, I'm going to, boom, I stalled. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it might actually hurt you yeah. Yeah. putting something like that in there. Um, sport flying or 3D acrobatic? Um, sport flying. Uh, let's see here. Number six, strap or strapless? Um, I am a strapper. Okay. So you need to, as Fred would say, the safety necklace. Yes. <laughs> I, I try to be a little more, bit more classy and I think of it more as like a garter belt for my transmitter. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I kind I think I know the answer for this, but number seven with servos, Hobby King or Futaba high tech, more higher end. Um, I have Futaba servos. I have Hobby King servos. I have um, Tower Pro servos. I I'm I'm not racist in that regard. Sure, equal <laughs> opportunity user. I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, this I know too. Number eight profile versus full fuselage. Uh, full fuselage. Yeah, you want the detail. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's see number nine. High KV, small prop, or low KV, big prop? Low KV, big prop. Nice. Yeah, I could have guessed that one too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then this, nice. this one's uh, number 10 is more on the event side. Do you like something big like Seth or Joe Nall or Flight Fest or smaller, you know, club, more local events? I do enjoy the, the smaller club events. Um, you know, obviously, I've been at Flight Fest every year since they've started mm-hmm. happening, but uh, usually I only go to just that one big event each year. So I, I would say I'm more of a smaller event kind of person. Um, yeah. I, I just I enjoy the, the smaller venue and really talking with people and getting to know them. Yeah, that's kind of general census that we've been getting from everyone is the smaller events are more more personable. And, um, you know, not that the big events aren't, but it's just that. It's so easy to get overwhelmed at these big events. You talk yep. to so many people, so many faces. It's hard to keep track sometimes. Yep, absolutely. Okay. All right. So there goes our top 10. Let's do news and announcements. News and announcements, Fred. <laughs> you got to do like news and announcements. Like, you know, like try to practice in two different ways. <laughs> uh. <sighs> okay. Uh, I got one written here. This is uh, something that. I'm going to be hopefully going to. It's a South Jersey Heli Group. Heli's gone wild. It is on this year. It's, uh, you know, there hasn't been much word about this event. It's kind of very last minute planning, but our very own Rob, a.k.a. McToon McClellan, um, is McClellan. McClellan, sorry, is the CD, um, co CD with, I believe, um, Chad Graham. And the event is going to be October 13th, 14th, and 15th at Allen Airstrip 3NJ9 Airport Identifier. It's located 231 Landing Street, Southampton Township, New Jersey, 08088. 
And this is an actual airfield too, right? This is. This is the one with the, uh, where the guy had the um, P-17, right? The PT-17? PT-17, yeah, yep. Yeah. That was cool. Uh, Joshua, you would have liked that one, man. Guy had a mint, uh, what was it? I don't know. What did they say? It was in 1962 or 1942? I, 1946, I think it was. Yeah, 40-something, I believe. Stearman? Stearman, yeah. Yes. It was gorgeous. That's yeah, awesome. Yellow, blue, authentic like color scheme. He also had a... Was it? It's, he had like a Cherokee, and he had a couple other planes, smaller, you know, oh, smaller. Oh, that's craft. so cool! And and yeah, and they were like, you could go give him a hundred bucks, and he'll take you up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey. We uh, haven't done it yet. We want to do it, but uh, yeah, we haven't done it yet. But I'd love to to check that out. That's super cool. I'm a little scared. Yeah, don't don't ever pass up an opportunity to go up in something like that. If you can afford it, yeah. do it. Do it. Yeah, the fording is not yeah. the problem. It's just I feel I I hear Horacers like he's he's getting quite old now and um <laughs> you know hey harrison ford's still walking around so why not dude we'll do it. <laughs> sure okay <laughs> yeah so that's gonna be an awesome fun fly it's it's a heli only fun fly i know but um it's it's gonna be a good one it always is every year that's actually the fun fly uh kevin you and i met um robin devin for the first time yeah i remember we went there and <laughs> we we pull up and we see our, our friend, which was the second time we met him, um, you know, Bill Anthony. <laughs> and you remember how Bill was. Yeah. Yeah. Hung over and ready to go home. Yeah. Um, and I told him, I just drove two hours to come here. You're leaving now? <laughs> he was like, all right, let me go get coffee. I'll be back. Go get coffee and water. I'll be back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he stayed. Yeah, no, he cool. stayed. It was good. So, so this is a, definitely a fun event. Um, I'm not sure on the the landing fee or anything like that. It's like I said, it's very last minute. I don't even know if it's gonna be on RC flight deck, but definitely just go out there. It's a fun time. It's a great field. It's uh, it's wide open. It's, you know, because it's a, it's an airport. You know, it's like a, a small airport, so it's it's like nice cut grass runway. Yeah, and if I remember right, they had like five six flight stations. It was pretty. Big, yeah, it's long. It's like Maybe, I don't know, what you say, half a mile, quarter mile down? Yeah, it's probably half a mile. Yeah. So, and you have plenty of room to fly out and side to side. So the boxes are big. And I have one other news. Uh, Bert Camera did a video, uh, I think yesterday or a couple of days ago, introducing the new SAB Goblin 700 Thunder Sport. This is going to be the um, Goblin's or SAB's first. I mean, they're affordable, I guess. But this is really affordable um, price for an awesome helicopter. It's a 700 size for 698 bucks. You're paying less than a dollar per millimeter of blade, so it's uh it's nice. It it does use a it does use a, a lot of the common um, parts from the Black Thunder, like the um. Anodized black, the matte black head and the tail. Oh, nice! Um, but it does use different frames. It does use uh, the G10 frames. This is, I think, this is a first on a 700 size. At least for today's day and age, for a 700 size helicopter to have a G10 um, composite, you know, mainframes instead of being carbon fiber. Um, uses a traditional Goblin 700 competition battery tray system, so it doesn't have the new T-line, uh, you know, battery tray locking system. But 
you know, it's tried and true. You, you slide the battery in and it kind of clicks into a notch and then you just, battery, you know, use your Velcro strap. So, but okay. 698, wow. Most 700 helicopters, you know, are nine, oh, $1,000 easily. So, yeah. So that is awesome. Cool. All right. You got any news? Me? Yeah. No, I checked Horizon Hobby. There's nothing new. <laughs> I know that's where you were going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, uh, you know, with 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 Joshua on the episode today, I, I actually went to go back to Hobby because I haven't visited that website in a long time, and it's actually quite amazing how many more Balsa planes kits they have now. Not just the Spacewalker, but there's tons of other ones like a Kingcraft Pits that's 47 inches, uh, 1200 millimeter. Um, I mean, there's just a whole loads of planes now. Like I remember before, it was like they had like these like four or five little micro planes that looked like they ran on rubber bands, and then like <laughs> yeah. and then like a couple of big planes, and that was it. Now they have quite a selection of say around that forty to sixty inch wingspan that you can go. Which I'm looking at, I'm like, ooh, look at this. They have a a, a Yak fifty two, should be pretty cool build. Uh, a Fokker Wolf or Fuck Wolf, whatever they call it. <laughs> um, yeah. There's just so many things here. Now I'm like, wow. So definitely uh, give a check out to HobbyKing.com and, and see all the different planes that they have now. I mean, come on. That's awesome to be able to build a, a Vampire 90mm EDF composite. You know, that's awesome. They got some cool that's stuff. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to what's next for you in the hobby. What's next for you, Steve? Next for me is I'm going to um, finish my Tower Hobbies, Great Plains, Piper J3 Cup. I, I made it last two weeks ago, but um, now I've got the windows cut out. Um, I actually got a V-Bar, a mini V-Bar coming for that, so I'm going to install that instead of the V-Bar Neo, just because I'd rather have that $400 receiver in something else. So Okay. So yeah, I'm, I got a, a little mini V bar coming in, so I'm gonna put that in there instead, and then I'm gonna create some kind of, uh, you know, probably like a, I don't know, I might I might just leave it exposed, but I need to figure out how to get my little Ash character mounted in there, so I can have okay. my little pilot flying around in a plane, and I gotta glue the windows in. I, I gotta get some weird hobby glue fifty eight or something. I don't know. Maybe you know, Josh. It's some like clear goo glue that's called, it's not like a like canopy glue. Yeah, what's it called? Uh, I use Formula Five Sixty canopy glue. Uh, it's like a weird name for it, but it was like Hobby Glue Forty Eight or Fifty Eight or Fifty Seven or something. I was it's like, what kind of glue is that? It's a weird name, but yeah, maybe I'll just um, I'll just foam tack that thing. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't want to use like crazy glue or like CA or anything like that. But CA it'll burn, like you know, have like yeah. it'll make it white and foggy. Yeah, yeah um, you don't want to do that. Epoxy can get a little messy. I mean, if I'm clean with it, I could probably use that. But I don't know. Foam tack, it's like you put it on the wrong spot, you just rub it, and it just comes right off. You know. So. Well, this is going to be on smooth plastic, though, huh? It's smooth plastic onto balsa and some covering, you know, for the window. Yeah. Oh. So, so if you're if you're using foam tack, you may want to have to rough up that plastic a little bit with some sure. sandpaper. Otherwise, you're not going to have enough surface area to grip. Mm-hmm. 
Other than that, yeah, I would recommend the Formula 560 canopy glue. That's It takes forever for that stuff to dry, but it works really well. It dries completely clear and it goes on white. But yeah, as soon as you see the white disappear, you know it's dry. Okay, canopy glue. I'll take a look. Yeah, Pacer Formula 560 canopy glue. Perfect. I'll get that. All right. Uh, besides that, what else am I going to do? Oh, I'm building a, a heli rack in the back of my car. Um, it's going to be like a slide out tray where I can have a couple of helicopters mounted on it. Like Uncle Ron had? Exactly what Uncle Ron has. I'm going to basically, nice. from memory, copy the idea, <laughs> his design from memory. So we'll see how that comes out. <laughs> from memory. Do you know what a desk looks like from memory? Because that's about what it was. <laughs> that slid out. Yeah, yeah. From memory. <laughs> it's going to be hey. interesting. I'm just going to just wing it, you know, like uh, like all the tables that I built. I just wing it. I'll figure it out as I go. Um, I'm sure Uncle Ron would say the same thing. Yeah. Jeez, it's just a desk. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, besides that, I got to figure a way to carry these this cub to the field when I bring helicopters. It's it's actually something I'm worried about. Like I'm <laughs> before, I I just stuffed the helicopter, like put all my helicopters in, and just put the planes on top, and you know, yeah. with the blades folded up, you know, the couple yeah. like spots on the Monaco got like damaged. It wasn't bad. Oh. It didn't rip a hole, but it just put pressure on it. So it put like oh, a dip okay. in, and I just used the the um, the iron to kind of seal it, you know, stretch it back out. But I'm like, damn, I don't want to mess up this covering from just resting on something, you know. So I, I got to figure out. So maybe that's what I'm hoping that with the um, helicopters lifted in a, on on top of a box, on the bottom of the box, I'd be able to slide the airplane through and keep that, you know, separated. So what, we'll see. Cool. what kind of what kind of car do you drive? It's a a Hyundai Santa Fe Sport. So it's like a small SUV. It's a midsize SUV. I call it. Okay, so um, if you can get two areas of bungee cords across somewhere on the roof, you can try to hang an airplane from that. Okay, I know people do that for wings when yeah, the wings don't come apart. Yeah, uh, yeah, you can do that for wings. If you're clever, you can like hang the fuselage upside down by like the landing gear and the tail wheel if it's a tail dragger or by uh something you can like hook another bungee cord around it uh, i've seen people do that too just a suggestion okay that's actually how i hang the planes up in the garage i have um four hooks on the, the rafters and i just basically hang paracord um between them and then just hang the planes so mm-hmm. so yeah I'll try that because that might be easier, at least until I have my little heli box rack thing in the back of my, on the back of the car. Uh, yeah, and that's about it for me, I guess. Just go out and fly and have fun. Cool. 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 What about you, Josh? I'm going to try to get going on the spacewalker again. I hope to get this wing wrapped up. Uh, hopefully, I'll get this, this other wing wrapped up before the end of the week. Nice. I'd like I'd like to get it to fly before winter really sets in hard. So uh, I need to start getting back on it and less be less distracted. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, you. Where are you located again? You're in Virginia, right? I, I'm in Maryland. In Maryland, okay. Yeah, I'm uh, about an hour drive west of Baltimore. All right. So yeah, so you get the you get 
pretty similar weather like we do up here in uh, New Jersey here. Yeah. Yeah, and probably not as snowy, but uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, when it when it gets to be around late September into into October, that's when the wind really starts to pick up, and you're like, oh, can't go fly today. <laughs> <laughs> that's so one then, thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you got to wait till December to go fly when the wind has finally died. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. then it's freaking freezing. It's <laughs> freezing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay, uh, yeah, that's it. Then let's uh, let's wrap it up. Well, what about me? Oh yeah, what are you doing, Kevin? I'm fixing the six ninety. Let's wrap it up. And five seventy. Those parts. And five seventy. Yeah, I get parts for that. Yep. And hopefully, I get my two eighty five together. I got some bling for that. Whoa. And I'm going back. I'm going back to two blades on the head of that. Nice. Well, cool. I'm, I'm curious, what kind of bling are you talking? And I'm and I'm gonna try and get that servo in that jet. So whenever Trump is in in Jersey, we can, and we get our field back. I can fly, try flying that jet again. Yeah, yeah. You you flew it once. <laughs> I don't I know how much once. you paid for it, but you flew it once. <laughs> so you gotta fly it again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> awesome. Okay. All right. So let's wrap it up then. All right. Let's wrap it up. All right. Facebook likes. We are at six hundred eighty-three. It's plus one this week. Kind of slowed okay. down a little. It's okay though. Um, and the plus one is actually a guest we had on the show before. Uh, his name is Will James. All right. All right. Uh, let's see. Facebook comments. That's Jesse's brother. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. I, 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 I got it, but. <laughs> I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of acknowledging I got it, it. But it wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Right, well, we got a couple of emails from Javier via the website, I believe, or just no, into the direct email. Freefall RC uh, email. Yep. But I counted its website. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he says, uh, but I thought we were talking about Facebook comments. Oh, I'm talking about fa- oh, sorry. <laughs> Shoot, dude. You got any Facebook comments? Uh, we do have. No, I don't know. Um, There's a lot of been a lot of discussion back and forth uh, with the RC Heli Hangout crew. Um, that's not really a Facebook comment, but uh, there's been some some charitable uh, uh, activity going on. They're trying to raffle. You want to explain that, Steve? They're trying to raffle off. Uh, yeah. So we'll go over that real quick. Um so this past week, they're they're trying to raffle up. Uh, it's uh, three hundred dollars worth of pulse batteries, and the other raffle is uh, a Goblin Urukai, uh or a Goblin five seventy with full trim, like servos, motor, ESC, flywheel, you know, whatever. And all the proceeds, all the any you know any quote unquote profit, I guess they would make. All the proceeds go to the uh, Alex Lemonade Sand. Which is a uh, foundation, which is for childhood cancer uh, research and support and development and kind of like that type of deal. So, so basically, you know, they stand for helping children who have cancer um, and their families, you know, kind of deal with it, you know, get the treatment they need where some folks otherwise wouldn't be able to afford any of it. So, yeah, so it's definitely going to a good cause. Um, if those, yeah, I don't, I don't think those raffles will still be up by the time this episode gets released on Friday, but they usually start a new one every Friday. But if it happens to be, or if the next ones are going to the, you know, 
to the foundation again, definitely. Even if you're not interested in winning anything uh, or anything like that, you know, just throw 20 bucks their way, which will kind of help everyone. So, or you can just go straight to Alex, uh, Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation and, you know, donate that way. Donate that way too, you know. So anything of that sort would be greatly appreciated by everyone. Awesome. Very cool. So I mean, the only Facebook comments I know is like the pictures that you posted, Kevin. Got some good comments. Um, your your field box, your tackle box, got some good stuff too. Oh, see, I've been so crazy busy, I haven't even nitro box. I know somebody caught old man metal and a rare sighting of him. Not smiling. <laughs> I hope you didn't take any offense to that. No, dude. You kidding? Maria's like, oh, why are you being so mean to Kevin? I was like, what? Am I being mean? I, it just, I thought it was funny because I, I took three pictures of you at the field last week. And all three pictures, I noticed you were smiling. So I had to say something. You're posting. I, I guess I have to go around smiling more. No, no. Just when the camera's out. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I didn't even know you were taking the picture. Well, you knew the two of them I were because you're holding a helicopter for me. Dude, the only offensive thing that you could possibly do by now is to pick up Bill on the way to the field. That's the only really offensive thing <laughs> you could do. There it Sorry, is. Bill. There it is. I, I, we're getting towards the end and there was no crack on Bill. Come on. <laughs> uh, oh, awesome. boy. Okay. All right, so, uh, yeah, Facebook. Okay, let's move to website comments. Okay, so our buddy Javier wrote us a few emails today and said hopefully he can manage to meet the deadline, and then the next thing he wrote was, well, not much going on. So <laughs> thanks, Javier. Um, <laughs> no, he's um, he says he's been having a, um, a pretty good week, and uh, I don't know, where is he located at? Is he up north? I think he's by Rich Knapp and those guys up in the northwest. Uh, okay, okay. Because I know he goes to their fun fly out there. Um, and, and it gets it gets super cold up there too. Yeah, because he was talking about it getting um extreme cold and snow, but not getting that now, just down the road. But yeah, he said he upgraded his 420, his Goblin 420 to a 80 amp V4, and you know it's good to hear from him. He's figuring out power issues, and uh, he's just mm-hmm. a guy that's involved with the community, man, a lot. And uh, and oh, he brought up another thing that came to my mind. He didn't talk about it, but uh. Since he's in that area, um, RCHN just had their fun fly, RCHN five, and uh, yeah, it was pretty cool to see a couple of those guys get back together. And I don't think everybody was there. I saw I saw Dan and I saw Dan um, and Justin were there, and Justin, yeah, and Sage, Sage Marvin, and, Sage. and then uh, yep, and our friend James Cadiz, he was there. Yeah, and they James, did a live podcast over there. That's right, James was there. Yeah, yeah, I got I got to hear that. So where are they releasing that podcast? Still on the RCHN? I don't know. Like that tag or how? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I would I would think it would come on their podcast feed. Uh, That'd be cool. Yeah. We'll see. But if not, it's on Facebook. So um, if you look up, I don't know, just search RCHN 5, I believe you'll see a post from um, RC Heli Hangouts uh, podcast's uh, Facebook page of them doing that live. Okay, cool. All right. Anything else? Uh no. People of Podbean. Um people of Podbean. Uh well we have three new followers on Podbean. Podbean's kicking Facebook uh this week. Nice. Uh Billy Shaw twenty two started following us. Bill F B started following us. And Infinite TM 
cast started following us. Uh, and D Delisle 81 liked episode 70, 70, liked episode 92, Kevin and Planks. Nice. Awesome, Dennis. Nice. Sweet. Okay. iTunes review. Uh, according to our email that last week I was brought up to speed on, <laughs> I do not see any new iTunes reviews, but I will check iTunes anyway. Yes. As soon as it opens up. Oh, Josh. Josh. In a few years. Yeah. You have an Etsy, uh, Etsy store? Yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, just started it to uh, sell my 3D printable stuff. Awesome. Nice. Everyone, go to Joshua's Etsy store and buy everything that he sells. <laughs> okay? Buy everything. Everything. And, and buy and, some more other stuff, too. Yeah, and buy there. other stuff that's on there. There's only okay. three things. So, I mean, it's pretty pretty humble start. <laughs> that's perfectly fine. That's how it starts. Buy everything, everyone. Please go to Etsy and buy. Buy, buy. You can find my store at joshuaorchard.etsy.com. Yeah, that'll take you there. Nice. I'm going to go there right now. Before you do that, dude, you better hold on to your hat because uh -oh. we, we have two new iTunes reviews. <gasps> wow. <laughs> wow. They're both from September 19th, so they're both today, I think. Uh, oh, my God. They're, and they're cracking me up. All right. Let's hear them. Let's hear them. One is from Gamma Graphics, and it's titled... Bat shit crazy Filipino. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, pretty cool podcast. You guys are fun to listen to on the road. Really, I'm writing this review to throw Kevin a bone here on iTunes. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> Keep up the great work, guys. Sincerely, the bat shit crazy Filipino from episode 92, a.k.a. the ninja. P.S. I'll pass along. Joe Reyes. <laughs> the bird in the egg. Okay. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Team ninja in the house. Oh, uh, dude, I'm crying over here. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> uh, Five right. stars. Awesome. Cool. Uh, the other one was from Robot Doctor 82. He said, great podcast. Uh, he's been in the hobby for three years, mostly with quads and flight test planes. Awesome. Nice. Although I have never flown a Hellier, sure makes it tempting. Great podcast. Very informative. Hope Kevin is back from the Hillary book signing tour. <laughs> <laughs> if not, <laughs> wait to read this when he gets back. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that is hilarious. I don't oh, know who geez. you are, but you made my day. That's awesome. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> oh, robot doctor, robot killing me. <laughs> I was not signing books for Hillary or with Hillary in Vegas, uh, or at least she was at no casino that I was at. <laughs> oh God, dude, you guys are crazy, man! Thanks so much for the podcast, uh, iTunes reviews. Yes, oh, you guys are killing me. I can't even talk right. <laughs> <I know. laughs> oh man. Oh boy. Okay. So that was it, right? Yeah. Okay. Isn't that enough? No, no, that is. <laughs> it, no, it's not enough. Thanks so much, guys. And thanks to everybody who wrote us a review. Yes, thank you. All right. So uh, if anyone has questions for Joshua here, 
you want to give any type of contact information if someone has some questions about the Bugatti or or your yeah. scratch techniques and stuff? Yeah, well, most people find me on the flight test forum or on RC groups. I'm known as Wilson Man. Uh, that's with two L's. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook. I'm Joshua Orchard. And uh, I'm on f- YouTube as Joshua Orchard. Mm-hmm. And if you want to ask me some really detailed stuff or spam me, you can email me at joshuaorchard at gmail.com. <laughs> nice. Awesome. By the way, Joshua, I love your logo. Oh, thanks. Oh, with the J, like that's integrated into itself, the little, you know, um, 90 degrees and your uh, your measurements stuff. It's cool. I like it. Yeah, I'll, I'll pass that along. My wife did that. She's a yeah? graphic designer. She so yeah. She's she's helping me with my branding. Yeah, we we it's need nice. a new logo for our podcast. If uh, Hank hit, wink wink, nudge nudge. Hey, hey man, <laughs> give give her give her give her a hit. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll pass her info along your way. Yeah, Steve, be- you can email Joshua at joshuaorchard@gmail.com. <laughs> We're Facebook friends now, man. I don't even yeah, have buddy. to. Do that. I'll just message right <laughs> yeah. And I favorite his shop. I'm the first one to favorite his shop. Yay! On Etsy. So, so I mean, if nice. Some people might not have gone to him while I was like, bye, bye, bye. I, I work at Etsy. That's my day job. So, so yeah. When more people buy, my company does better, and Hopefully, I'll get better raises. <laughs> yeah. My wife's been with Etsy since like nearly the very beginning. She loves, really? she loves selling her stuff on Etsy. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I got to check out her shop, too. Uh, I guess uh, at that point, we'll do our outro here. All right. Drop us an iTunes review, and we'll read the review on the next episode. Email us at freefallrc at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast. Check out our webpage, freefrcpodcast.com. Say what's up to Chris Reibert. What's up, Chris Reibert? What's up? Uh, flight test forums what off the field. <laughs> <laughs> flight test forums off the field, audio video production other than flight test podcasts. Free4RC Podcast sitting next to our very good friends, the FT Community Cast. Hey, Patch on the mic. All right. Uh, RCHeliHangouts.com forum under RCHeliHangouts main section, podcast corner, and Free Fall RC podcast sitting next to the RC Heli Hooligans podcast. Hey, Walt Ned. Awesome. And I got to give a shout out to RC After Hours, dude. I've been listening to their podcast yes. for a long time. I, they've been just killing it and getting better and better at, at their podcast, man. I'm really enjoying it. Yes. And that's that's Chris, Mike, and Andre. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, so so gotta gotta give them a little shout out, man. They've been they've been doing a great job. Awesome. All right. Well thank you again, Joshua, for taking the time to come on our show. Um, it's really yes, been, thank you. it's been my pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Definitely it's fun. Good times. Dude, I could sit here for another three hours. <laughs> yeah. I swear. It I'm I'm serious, man. There's so much information from him and I'm just I'm in awe of the 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 builds he does is just yeah. amazing. If you if any of our listeners ever get a chance, you know, you're at Flight Fest and you're, you know, you're at a, you're a heli guy and you walk down a flight line, and you gotta s- search this guy out and see some of his stuff, man. I'm serious. It's, yeah, it's amazing. Oh, thanks. We'll, we'll have to do some more hanging out next year at Flight Fest for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, we just can't bring anything to fly. We just gotta go and just hang out. Yeah. No. We'll, no. we'll do what we did this year. We, we brought like 
two planes and two helis, and that was it. Two helis, yep. And that was it. That's all we needed. We and didn't. It was, need, it was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. The year before, what did we bring? Like, four, I I remember taking a picture. You a me, camper filled. Yeah, you me and who? Wait, it was you me and Nick Simpson, and we had like, I don't know, forty planes, and, yeah. and helicopters. Yeah. Yeah, sitting sitting out in front of our like little tent area, it was like it was insane. Yeah, I, I didn't fly yeah. like I didn't fly most of those. You know, it's crazy. So yeah, yeah, awesome. All right, well, thanks again to our listeners. Free our skies, and we'll see you next time. See you. See you guys. Bye. Yeah, Josh, thanks for so much for coming on, spending uh, three hours with us, man, or whatever. It's yeah, two hours. <laughs> it's been it's, fun. Yeah, almost it's three amazing, hours. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm always, I'm always uh, open to share with people about like, how I feel because I get a lot of questions.